And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. I missed that. Voice missed changing that. right in front of our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, real quick, James. How about them 49ers, bud? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Brock Purdy, what do we think? Probably going to be good. He's probably going to end up backing up Trey Lance next year. Oh, you think he's going to back up Trey Lance? I'd huh? just trade Trey Lance to the Packers right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you Aaron Rodgers. Your dad wants Aaron Rodgers anyway. No, first you need, no, no, first no. you guys need to get some wide receivers. Christian Watson, baby. We're just fine. Don't you worry about it. Uh, so you're not talking about Samari Torre? Well, Samari's there. But, you know, it takes a long time to catch, get up to speed. You know who has... Christian Watson like has more touchdowns than Justin Jefferson right now. I think maybe not after today. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, it's because it's the only, it's one of the only wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers throws to. That's true. Does to two of his wide receivers and like all of his running backs. His tight end has the most amount of catches on the team. Who? Robert Tunyon. Who? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, um, those are probably for like one yard. James, I will admit something. I was watching most of this 49ers game today, and initially I was saying to my dad as we were watching this game that um, this guy, uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. I was like, well, okay, he's fine because the wealth of talent around him with the amazing, unique skill that the 49ers offense and a great defense has, Mm -hmm. like they're going to make it easy. And then he made a ton of amazing plays. And I think the touchdown to McCaffrey, I said to my dad, I was like, okay, that's that's that was a great throw. <laughs> I was like, Never mind. Yeah, Yukon was actually underthrown good. a little bit. But he's a gamer. <laughs> he's pretty good. 16 to 21, 185 yards, two touchdowns. I saw on, and he rushed for a touchdown too. We saw on Twitter that uh, Coulter with Skyline had tweeted that uh, Purdy out of uh, Arizona, maybe Arizona. His kid first had, two offers were Montana State and Southern Utah. Southern Utah. That's it. And then, you know, recruiting blew up and Arizona got him. Arizona, Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. He's from Arizona. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Man, that's a parallel universe, like revisionist history type right. situation. He, uh, couple, when he threw his first touchdown, he became the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a touchdown in the uh, NFL. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I heard last week. That's cool. Who knew? James, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, what's up, dude? PS5. So we talked. We, we were doing a sound check before, and we asked James, uh, "What you want for Christmas?" Oh, hi there. And your answer was a PS Five. Those are hard to get, man. Yeah. For the record, you will not be getting a PS Five. So, what if you become mayor? Then will you? <laughs> hey, Mike. What if someone? What if someone at this table? The, I, you know, that's a pay cut. So, James, do you have do you have nil deals? Wait, you're getting into basketball right now, right? Yeah. You looked at who are you? <laughs> I looked up to see how much you would get paid if you got. Oh there. my god, we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> this is incredible. James, uh, Mike, we, hold on, Michael. What if someone at this table has a PS5 <gasps> at their home? And they've just been too lazy to set it up, and it's still in the box. Wow. See, if you don't need a PS5, why the hell does James need a PS5? Because I do. <laughs> oh, come on. Dylan has three. Three PS5s? Yeah. We're talking about Dylan. But you could. Your, so you could. But so you could borrow one. Dylan Musk? Greg? Jesus. <laughs> Greg has three PS5s? Oh, no, two. 
two? You better look into this. Wait, this is Greg, like, oh, the Greg we yeah. all know through the pod, Greg? Uh, yeah. Two, one downstairs and then one. See, this is what's really trippy like is room. we, Luke and I have a buddy, Greg, whose son is the same age as James and he knows him from school. You start to really age yourself. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what game would you get first on the PS5? It probably Madden comes 23. with Madden. You know what L other console you can get Madden 23 on? Xbox. The PS4. The PS4. That we have downstairs in the basement that you've taken over. You know, we finished our basement a couple years ago, right? Yeah. And we put the two TVs up, but it's like the it ultimate looks, man cave. Looks good down there. Yeah, James has just completely James taken it over. <laughs> you should see the living room. <sighs> Half of it's mine. But James, like, Madden has not, like, systematically changed as a game in, like, a five or six years, right? But what? NBA 2K has. Okay. See, I don't play 2K, so, all right. When NCAA football comes out again, James? Next year. Next year? Yeah. We're going to force your dad to get a PS5 because we're going to play. We're going to play like a... Ooh. I agree. Ooh. Like a, a buddy franchise. Interesting. So. <laughs> Interesting. James, who's your team in NBA? Golden State. Okay. No, I mean, your dad's a Yankees fan, so it makes sense. Oh, my God! We follow the front-running franchise. They're on the other side of the country. (laughs) New York's on this side. Golden State's on this side. Um, No, Steph Curry. I come by Yankee fandom, honestly, you jackass. (laughs) My father is a Yankee fan. Okay, fair. All right. His father was a Yankee fan. Oh, man. What about his? Well, yeah, it goes all the way I back. That bandwagon jumping. I actually, <laughs> my dad and I think it's probably because the Yankee games were the only games on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who they have back then? <laughs> um, James gets to stay a Yankees fan, though, right? Yeah. yeah Why? Kept your guy. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yeah. James had made the declaration that if the Yankees let Aaron Judge go, he was a free agent. You're Which, gonna you know, you're gonna put your fans. These in, teams should in the know that portal. fans don't have to take it. Yeah, that's true. Would you become a Giants fan? Because Judge, that was like the rumor, right? Like Judge was Mets. Mets. Oh my God, who's what? Well, I guess oh, could yeah, be worse. Could go to the Sox. Oh, <laughs> he had a brief moment where he pretended to be a Raiders fan. Yeah, when I when I first came downstairs before our basement and you had two chairs down there, one you were sitting on and the other one you had the TV set up watching the Niners game. Yeah, something like that. And, and you are like, maybe I'm a Raiders fan? Yeah. Oof. And then I cheered for them for two years until I, and, and they went under 500 both times. <laughs> and then the year that I became a 49ers fan, they made it to the Super Bowl. But he cheered for the Niners in the years that he was at. It was just like he wasn't sure. There was some confusion. Yeah. You've made the right choice. <laughs> I had a stretch. And now we have Brock Purdy. <laughs> My middle daughter brought home a book like in second grade on football to impress dad. And it was a San Francisco 49ers book. And this was the, the peak era of Kaepernick. When, I've always liked your daughter. When they, would always, when they would always knock the Packers out of the playoffs. And it was like. That year, we still do. And she was, (laughs) (laughs) so remember last year, two weeks, and I'm just catching all these strays over here. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) all right, yeah. So, (laughs) what, um, what do you think of the Grizz season as a whole? Mm, Good, really? I mean, that's probably rational. They made the playoffs, yeah, they should have had a way better record. Yeah. 
True. Yeah. Have you been watching playoff games? Did you watch the games this weekend? Yeah. What were your thoughts? Anything stand out to you? Sex State and Connetwood. Oof. That game was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. I mean, what was the final score? Like six- 66 to 63. 63. That is crazy. Highest scoring FCS playoff game ever. 57 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Sac State's and then Sac State's coach turns around and gets hired at Stanford. Yeah, which I I will not understand. But I think Sacks is Sacks is really going to be in trouble next year. I think. Well, both O'Hara and Dunaway graduate. Um, one at least one of the big wide receivers. I think number eighty two or eighty four graduates. Eighty four probably. And then I think that safety who is the defensive player of the year. I think he's done too. I mean they. They lose a lot of identity on that team. So, yeah. But we've seen some tweets that Andy Thompson might be the head coach, but that's like one person tweeted at the pod and said that, but there's no like actual announcement on that. Interesting. I mean, I guess you'd want some consistency, but that team's identity has been Troy Taylor's offense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Troy Taylor, for he was a regular season dominant football coach. He has as many. The Grizzlies have as many playoff wins this year as does Troy Taylor in his career. Just put it out. No, that's when you say things like that, Mike. It really just sends me for a loop. Because like, <laughs> um, I've been pretty negative. But they almost lost it, to Richmond. Well, I, yeah, I was. Yeah, oh wolf. Um, what about the NDSU game, Bub? Defense, you stinked. Oh, oh. it was twenty-one twenty in the third. You were yeah. feeling like, okay, a defensive touchdown, too. Remember how many 70-yard plays yeah. they had? Something like six Five, runs over six. 60 yards or something like that. We definitely cracked. 65. It was bad. Yeah, not great. Bad. Not great. <laughs> One of the only good players that actually played good was Corbin Walker with his pick six. That was a great pick six. I, some random factoid that I think we learned last week after the playoff game, or last game after our, the home playoff win, <laughs> Corbin Walker has two playoff pick sixes. Yeah, southeastern Louisiana. Oh, I forgot all about that. And you forget like how long he's been around, and he's still like a sophomore. Like what? That's wild. I thought he was like a junior. Is he junior? He's a junior, I think. Yeah. So we got one more year, Corbin. Yeah. Interesting. Wild. Bubba, what else do you want to talk about? A PS5. I just, I mean, I hope you like all the other stuff you get because PS5 is not going to be on the list. James, how much does a PS5 he, cost? Like $1,200. $1,200? No, it doesn't cost that no, much. Just, no way. <laughs> it did at one point. It's like 500 bucks or something. Oh, come on. Did, yeah, 500 like, bucks is a lot of money. It's like That's a lot of... Uh, Sidewalk shoveling, James. I yeah. Like, like, do you what, even know your, how to shovel the sidewalk? Yeah, what, what's your yeah re- I shovel the sidewalk. Did you do it today? No. <laughs> <laughs> James, what does your like weekly uh, income stream look like right now? Zero dollars. No. <laughs> he doesn't pay me. Dang. Okay. Well, it's oh, $500. How about that? It snowed today, uh, James, so you didn't shovel? No, because it started snowing when I got back. When I went to practice, and then when I got back, it was still snowing, and it stopped when I was downstairs. Instead of coming to help uh, stuff campaign letters, James uh, decided to <laughs> it's play football in the basement. <laughs> it's basketball, so and I only play if you're wondering, he evidently could Google what the mayor makes. 
but he can't help me yeah, stuff dude. letters. It's this much. <laughs> I'm glad he can't Google what I make because then he'd want to spend like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Google what you make but now. You can't Google it. It's not a thing that's out there. <coughs> We're independent contractors. Yeah. Just you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> moving on from that. Um, stop writing all over my limited notes, <laughs> James. Um, it's good to see you, dude. And it's a bummer that uh, football had to end the way it did. But uh, mm-hmm. I think we all kind of saw it coming this year, especially as the season got going. Right? How do you yeah. feel about uh, basketball? You've been following any of the men's hoops yet? They had two. They they've had two good wins. Mm-hmm. I take full credit for their performance after bashing them two weeks ago on the pod. They played great since. Dude, they own the Summit League. Yeah. They put my quote on the wall, I'm sure. <laughs> um, they I finally had everybody this. back not injured. Yeah, the, the, they're, these or two games where they're healthy, yeah. and they're 2-0. Two, and and two and great and games. 80-plus points each game. One on the road, one at home. They're giving me Bannon, a lot more hope. Bannon might be the best player in the Big Sky. He's pretty, he's pretty great. You know, I still need to see a lot more, but it this... This um, kind of pre-conference reminds me of, I don't know, five or six years ago. One of the years that the Grizz won the, the Big Sky, mm-hmm. and they were really not great in the pre-conference. They mm-hmm. lost a lot of games, people were injured. And everyone was kind of like, oh, maybe they're not as good. And then they just dominated the Big Sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, South that'd Dakota, be awesome. I'm not South, saying that's what's going to happen, but that'd be awesome. Yeah. South Dakota State, North Dakota State was the first time they had all their starters on the floor. Two games in a row. Two right? games in a row. Yeah, they, they hadn't started him at in all. Both, in both games. Moody. Yeah, Moody. I like uh, that kid. He's fun to watch. He's great. He had his second kid, so he was out for a little bit. Yeah. And good for him for prioritizing, taking a little awesome. time off for his second kid. <laughs> but he, you know, with Whitney healthy and Moody hitting shots, like he brings something to the team that they haven't had, in my opinion. Yeah. Like he's got an ability when he's when he's hot to, to hit shots. Yeah. And frankly, the Chris haven't had someone. <laughs> For a yeah. few years, it feels like they could consistently hit jumpers on the outside. <laughs> yeah. James, anything uh, non PS five related? Non PS five related. PlayStation. All right. Um, thanks for coming, bud. Love you. You're gonna take a shower before bed, right? Maybe. You don't be the stinky kid. You don't be the stinky kid. No. no. Rough life. All right. See you, Bella. Thanks for coming. Down goes the mic. Bam. All right, so uh, we didn't, contrary to what uh, some fans might tell you, we didn't uh, have to take a week off because we couldn't handle the loss. We had to take a week off because Brent went to Vegas and yeah. had too much of a bender and <laughs> just really, really wasn't himself until about Thursday, and then I was busy. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it was, when I was going on an hour and a half of sleep. Why don't you tell the, the public what you, uh, yeah, what were you doing in Vegas? What did you do in Vegas? All right. So, uh, uh, reg, you know, somewhat regular of the show, Kyle Sample and I, and then another, uh, guy, JR, uh, US, both Kyle and JR, USC fans, about eight days before, um, fired off a group text saying, hey, let's go to Vegas and watch the Pac 12 title game. And so, as luck had it, the Thursday night Allegiant flight with the Sunday 6 a.m. return uh, was affordable. And <laughs> we found a Airbnb because it is also NFR, and there was an Amazon conference. There was the Pac-12 title game, and there was a, a Raiders 
Chargers game on Sunday. And there was actually also additional like roping competitions and other things going on there as well, too. It was the busiest weekend, apparently, in Vegas. And so hotel rooms were crazy. But we found a little house uh, on the west end of town. And so we flew in on a on a budget and we caught the uh, caught the title game. And, of course, uh, that was a great game. Huh? It, you know, I mean, I was with USC fans. So after Caleb Williams hurt his leg, uh, the, the, the outcome of that game changed dramatically. Um, so they were a little bummed, understandably. But uh, it was fun uh, getting out and um, – I mean, before all the all the USC guys were like having a lot of fun afterwards, they were having a little less fun. Uh, the next day, then uh, this is cool. I mean, we're gonna dive into this game plenty, I assume. But uh, went and watched the Grizz game at Tory Pines Pub, which is which is an experience like Grizzly Grizz Bar. It is a Grizz Bar, and it's like have you've been there, right, Mike? I don't know if I have okay. been to Tory Pines, but I know it exists. No, so, I haven't been there because Mike and I, you and I, have watched at remote locations. Yes, yeah, we've covered that on this pod few. before, yeah. and it's like they're okay. Um, Tory Pines Pub is is another level. Um, the whole bar is Grizz Bar. There's like I tweeted it out. There was like forty to fifty Grizz fans. The whole bar was Grizz fans. Uh, you walk in the front door, and here's this bronze bronzed like four foot tall grizzly bear that's apparently getting shipped here to get put in the in the hall of champion or the, huh. the hall of fame or something uh they have a whole wall on the back and it's team composites and they got a glass case that's got autograph footballs by bobby hauck they got a green hat signed by bob stitt they've got all this all, all this other stuff and things going further back every single tv was grizz game the bar is kind of in the middle, and there's a PA system, and the owner is apparently from Anaconda. Oh, cool! And 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 like the kind of the cool thing was, you're there, everyone's there watching the Grizz. There was I don't think there was a single person that was just like there to just be in a bar at noon <laughs> in Las Vegas. Because um, there's probably a lot more entertaining bars that one could hit if you weren't a Grizz fan. Um, they played the fight song after touchdowns. They played typical stadium music on commercial breaks. They did a raffle where they gave away like 20 things at halftime. Um, T-shirts and jerseys and hats and koozies. Uh, it was, I mean, right? The game, the outcome of the game is yeah. bleh. But in terms of like an experience, and, and the, like the thing that I liked that was also super cool about it was there's not a lot of people nationally that are just like, I'm going to be a Grizz fan because I feel like being a Grizz fan, I have no connection to Montana, but I'm going to cheer for the Grizz. Mm -hmm. So the whole bar was like full of Montanans. Like we shared a table with, because it was like a big table and we got there, we got there 45 minutes before kickoff. There's one table left. <laughs> and so we share this big table and they're all from Great Falls. And, you know, and it's like, so just it's, in Vegas. it's like the whole room. Yeah. Cause they're there for the rodeo or they live there or they're part time there. And of course, so one of the guys with us was a former player and um, at some point, someone starts saying his name, and it's so J.R. Waller was with us, and then uh, someone starts saying his name, and it's Dustin DeLui, who played. Oh, yeah. They hadn't seen each other since they graduated <laughs> the university. And so they like buddied it up, and the owner took pictures and had him sign a book, and their picture was actually on the wall because they had the 04 team composite, and they're both on the 04 team. I mean, it was, it, it was outside of the end result of the game. It was a blast. And, you know, for a Vegas dining and drinking experience, it was bar food, beers, shots of fireball, there for three and a half hours, 
total tab was like 70 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it was also like, you were kind of like gritting your teeth, like, oh God, I spent hundreds of dollars in a divey sports bar. No. So gave a big tip to the waitress and um, we just had a blast. It was such a cool spot. And we were like actually talking like for future away games, it'd be fun to go to Vegas to watch the to away watch the game, game at Torrey Pines Pub because it's such a cool experience. I've heard of people doing that. Yeah. I mean, Torrey Pines is one of those grizz spots that I've heard you hear about. The Phoenix one. Or Tempe. Yeah, um, uh, I've been there. Um, I've heard that one's similar. Like, you've mm-hmm. got a pretty good contingent there, too. So, yep. yeah. Mike, where did you watch the game? Uh, up at a buddy's house. Okay, I asked because I want you to ask me where I watched the Where did you watch the game, Luke? <laughs> at a sports bar here in Missoula. And I have, a, I have an axe to grind. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why would you go to the press box and I can't help you? Holy shit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> how how much does a like when you go to we're, we're all in the Christmas season right yeah. you know like you can buy a nice like sixty inch flat screen TV for like four hundred bucks anymore it's so cheap right yeah. that connects to the internet like I feel like when you do pretty well as a sports bar you can like trade in old shit TVs that don't connect where to the internet. are you going with this I no I just had a, such a hard time watching the Grizz game. I almost had, and where were you? I don't want to say it. So, but we, so we had. But you weren't at, you weren't at my bar. No, okay, I was not. Because I realized Paradise I Falls. actually watched it at Paradise Falls, and I'm sitting here thinking, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> a, I was there at B. No, no, <laughs> no. So I met a buddy. I think it's lazy. Undi- I met a buddy okay. at, at an another undisclosed location, uh, undisclosed location okay, because he was doing something close at the university, and so we, you know, just to get there on time. Yeah. And my God, the owner cannot figure out ESPN Plus to save his fucking life. Smart. And yeah. he he was like, oh, well, we, we can't get the cat game and the Grizz game on. They're both on ESPN Plus. And I'm like, That's get a second fucking account. <laughs> like, it's like a hundred bucks. It's a tax write-off. This is a business expense. Why can't you upgrade one TV a quarter oh that connects like, to the internet? It's kind of like... You got to know what your potential audiences might want. It's not like the the Grizz or the Cat games would be like niche games in a brand of bar in Nebraska. Yeah. It's like you got to figure that out. When yeah. you advertise yourself as like the like sports bar for like if you're a football. sports bar in Missoula, holy shit! Like I don't care. I will, if you're the I will tell the you, fourth or the tenth, plenty of TVs to watch on Paradise Falls. There were no seats though, so you might have had trouble. Well, there. the last time I watched, well, actually, the last time I tried to watch a Grizz game. At this sports bar, we left because of these similar issues, but we were sort of forced there this time. And I mean, I swear to God, like he, the guy had a laptop plugged in to go to the projector, and every ten minutes it would hit screensaver mode. So like someone would have to like move the mouse. And I mean, uh, anyway, uh, it was so infuriating, Mike. I was like, I wonder how fast we could get to Paradise Falls and if they have any seats open. <laughs> <laughs> and for the people, uh, you know, I'm not just... We could have squeezed you in where we were. I'm not just saying this because Mike's a buddy. Um, I was just like, whole. I, I just couldn't believe it, Mike. Well, I, I think people take for granted. And part of the problem, and this is tough too, it's like if the people who know how to do it aren't there, like not all the staff who works at sports bars cares about sports the same way. So it's like... If the people who know how to find the games aren't there, you could struggle. 
Like I will, I don't know what bar you're talking about. I will find out later, but I'll defend uh, him a little bit. <laughs> I would have rather flown to Vegas and watched it like with Brent. Well, for yeah. a couple of reasons. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, man, that's a bummer. So, did you stay through the whole thing, or was it like when it was getting out of hand? You're just like, we stayed. I stayed. Out. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to watch it all. Yeah, we saw it to the the bitter end too. <laughs> I wanted to leave. God. Yeah. Um, so let's, I don't know, let's jump into it, huh? I actually thought the coaches had a pretty good game plan. Like, for all the times they'd been out coached this year. Yeah, I would agree on the on the micro level 100%. They act, And they were in it in the third quarter. Like, they were giving them a game. The, the issue is that the way the defense was exposed as the season went on against the Cats, yeah. and basically Tommy Mott said afterwards, like, we knew they wouldn't be gap sound. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, again, th- they, they'd break these, they'd break it open. They knew that they wouldn't be gap sound. They knew that they'd know that a couple people were going to over pursue or be out of position. Weird. And they took advantage of it. What was it? Five runs over 60 yards? <sighs> Something like that. I mean, it doesn't say. matter at this point, but it's but so it's like just in, inev- <laughs> it's just like an inevitability, right? One. You're not gap sound. You over pursue four over and then one. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four over. Four of them. 68, 75, 68, 73. Four. It's crazy how the third, the end of the third and the fourth quarter just got away from them. Holy cow. Yeah, I, it, but I mean, that's that's a typical NDSU type of game. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw this from this them this year. We've seen this from them in almost all their championship runs. I mean, they don't. In a lot of situations in the playoffs, they don't just blow the doors off people. They just grind, 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 and then you make mistakes, and they they pounce on them. And I kind of felt – it didn't feel like at at first like a super embarrassing like situation when they – I mean, after they broke off their first long run, it was like, ooh, we're going to have to touch that, you know. Come back and fill that yeah. <laughs> issue, and they they broke the second one. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is the game's gone." But <laughs> trouble. It always it still felt to me like we had we had left some opportunities on the table. Sure. Um, per, like especially like offensively, we had a drive stalled by a defensive holding. Yeah. Or no, 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 no. no, no. Uh, they, we had a turnover. We had a turnover taken away from a defensive holding. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A turnover taken away from a defensive holding, yeah. which would have flipped the field, mm-hmm. um, given us up, another opportunity. NDSU might have PI on no, they didn't. No, on Robbie on was it third or fourth down? That it's a third down. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And Robbie got, you know, a he ball taken out from yeah. <laughs> out from underneath he got his nose. By that six six guy. Which, you know, he'd do it to most people, but yeah, yeah. So it felt like there was just a couple opportunities where if if things would have went in our favor, that game would have been within kind of punching distance. Yeah, I still think we would have lost. I just I don't know if we were we were, it felt like we were hanging on. And then when we lost, when Johnson loses the fumble for the touchdown, um, granted we you know actually score the next 10 points on a pick six it just kind of and then it just kind of felt like that we were was brutal we were hanging on hanging on and i mean he was in a row yeah you don't think you don't think we would have had some momentum 
I don't know. I just, and then like the game was, was like the tables would have just turned in our favor, and you know, like we get that turnover score. Let's say even yeah. just three points, right? Yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt it, so close. It, it felt like we were hanging on more to me when I was watching it than we was like, oh man, a couple, couple of twists, couple of turns, a little bit of momentum, and we could have won this game. I it felt like more to me like if we would have, like if we wouldn't have lost. Um, Lucas, um, I don't know. I just, like maybe maybe we put another ten to fourteen on the board and we lose forty nine thirty, forty nine thirty four, forty nine. You know, something like that. That's kind of more my thought. I don't know. Okay. That's just kind of my feel on it. Um, because I because like <clears throat> defensively, we didn't lose our we didn't lose the catalyst of the defense like we did with our quarterback. Um, and things just rapidly fell apart. Yeah, especially in the third quarter. So, um, and into the fourth. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where the long runs that they broke off were they always going to break those off? Momentum Probably. or not? Yeah, like it, I think doesn't so. matter how much yeah. momentum we had. Yeah. Like, I mean, because they were right. They have a sixty-eight yard run in their second possession. And then, you know, in the first quarter, and they're doing it in the third quarter, they're doing it in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't something that they just suddenly found luck doing. Like, it was happening the whole way. And like their coach said, right, that our defensive scheme and design cannot account for a running quarterback. Yeah, just blatantly said it, which is some, it's, it, it was more blunt than what Tommy Mott said. And to me, that is such an indictment of the coaching staff. So it's like, sure, the game plan coming into the game was better than it has been, but it's like, I know you can't change your your scheme midseason. It's difficult, but like, that is so telling. And they didn't even hide it. They said it afterwards. Like, they can't handle a running QB. But how long have we been running this scheme for? Since, since they since got back. Yeah. So you decide to deploy a defensive scheme, which your biggest rival uses in like the best team in the country for a decade takes advantage of right like 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 MSU runs a like an offensive scheme that is almost designed to take advantage of our defensive yeah. scheme right like why so why the fuck are we running it well i think that more and more teams since it's 5 years in more and more big sky conference teams have figured out how to attack it yeah. and the cats just showed it they just blew the doors open yeah yeah well and again we talked about this last year was that well and we saw this in the first half of this year the the first way to attack this defense was put the stud receiver in the slot and go after the safeties get him off the corners and then as we get going through the season it's like yeah and use the running quarterback and hit hit the edges because it's an immediate mismatch regardless of the direction you go because the defense can't account for that type of outside zone and those type of movements and plays. And then NDSU, you know, as the game got going, they're like, all right, we're just going to go to our bread and butter, A-gap power, because we've got them on their heels, and they can't stop that either by that point. So I think... They only attempted yeah. 10 passes. They were 6 of 10 for 58 yards in interception. They had a rusher, Kobe Johnson, 12 attempts, 206 yards. To Merrick Williams, 11 attempts, 103, 101 yards. 
In the touchdown, Kobe Johnson had two touchdowns. Cam Miller, the QB, eight Correct. attempts, 94 yards, 81 net, two touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. Well, and MSU only threw the ball 10 times against us. Yeah. Because why would you throw it? I mean, why? if you figured out that the it's it's teams, they're running like a glorified triple option, the Cats especially. Yeah. NDSU was just a little bit more like just scheme for a running play and they can't handle it. Right. Well, and it's like, as you talk to people as well, too, because it's like, if you're going to have a three-man front, all three of your guys got to be big, right? You can't just have a big nose and then a couple 250, 260-pound guys as your ends. Like, your whole D-line's got to be big because that's where your beef is. And so, I don't think that's, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't solve the mismatch or the, um, the inability to account for a running quarterback or the, the, the challenge of covering um, skilled slot receivers, uh, but it, you know, you kind of have that 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 instance where you've got to have that much more size with your ends, and then that third safety um, in that three three five can't. I mean, it can't be a. He's got to be more of a linebacker because he's got to play like a linebacker and and has to have the size of it to be more of a stopper and not just someone that lays out big hits. Frequently, but sometimes infrequent. You know, sometimes off and on. But it's like you've got to get up there and play like you've you've got to have like a well, and that's why Gavin probably maybe masked a little bit of that um, maybe deficiency in that position last year. Because what was he? He was like six two two fifteen two twenty or something. So it fit. Like he could come up and play that. But this year it was like Fouch and and then Graves and a little bit of um, Cotton were kind of rotating more in that safety role. And Hauk was more up. It seemed to me at least in this NDSU game especially, kind of up closer on the line. And it turned into a lot of problems. And we saw problems with it before as well, too. So um, do you change it with people or do you so, just change it with scheme? And that's that's going to be the, the big question. That's like all the questions we have on Twitter. Uh, hmm. How are we changing the scheme and who's getting fired? So, <laughs> I think they have to change the scheme, right? Like they can't run out this defense again. I, if they have any sort of self-awareness to sit back and look at this cat and NDSU game and say everything's fine, we just needed a few more breaks, they're, they're well, fooling themselves. Well, think about what uh, – all right, I, w- I want to devil's advocate. Just hypothetical this out. For of course me. you do. You're a real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we – like let's say we don't have an injury – a quarterback earlier in the season. Or if we do have a Lucas Johnson injury, we play Daniel Britt sooner. What if we what if like with the identical scheme and the identical players on the field, really, we have two more wins. We beat Weber and Sack. Like we're in a different matchup. I mean, we still get exploited by MSU. We would have been home that that round and probably on the road yesterday or Friday. We're probably still playing, even if MSU boat races us. Yeah. Well, we'd be. We would have probably if two more wins, we would have gotten a bye, and then we would have been on the road this weekend at NSU. Like that's the one thing. I mean, that's like. See, look, I, I kind of got to think about that. I was like, okay, where would we have gone? And it's like, okay, well, who were the home? Who were the hosts this week? And it was SAC. It was South Coast State. It was NDSU, and it was Montana State, right? So it's like if we would have. We would have had to win three more games and be ten and one. Mm-hmm. Like say say that three that three game skid doesn't happen at all, and then we just get smoked by the cats or you know you name it whatever. Um, 
then we probably presumably like we're like the five Sacramento seed. is now on the other side, right? And we're hosting in Carnot or something. It goes like that. SDSU, NDSU, Cats, and we're the four. Yeah. Then because Sac would have lost to us. Well, they would have been one loss. I don't know. You know. But anyway, yeah. I'm just thinking like we still probably end up with the same like we get beat by the cats and NDSU beats us. And we're still right. On the but week, yeah. like right, the yeah. the postmortem of this season. Um well yeah. we're a quarterfinalist team and again for again the third year in a row. Yeah. But maybe we get another another win out of this with the exact same team if just something else falls our way. Right. Do the coaches feel I'm just thinking I could imagine the scenario where the coaches look around the room and they're like, Hey we just need a couple more things to fall our way. Because we, we put the boots to the Cats the year before yeah. with the same scheme. Right. They got us this time. But the Cats did not have a running quarterback last year. Yeah, they were they're, – they're, the system they're running now, they weren't quite there. Like, they were – they would test the waters, but Malat would come in as kind of the decoy, and they could – the Grizz defense was, was good enough to handle that. But I bet it's really hard to change scheme. I bet it takes a lot of work. I bet we don't change the scheme. But like, so, I bet we don't change the scheme because all of our coaches are so fucking old. <laughs> like, it takes a lot of work to change the scheme. Just laying it out who there. wants who wants to work eighty Luke, hour Luke, weeks? Luke might as well be all the Twitter questions we got this week right now. <laughs> well, who wants to work eighty hour weeks in your thirtieth year as a head, as a coach? Like, right. This is what I've done since 1985. Since, ah, this and that, and I've got this memorized, and I'll just and I'll they, see you in March. They've memorized the six teams across the last 50 years that have done this really well, and they're like, <laughs> they did it. We could do it. Oh, shit. What do you guys think? But, I mean, could we go to more of a 3-4? Yes. I think we have to, but the issue is, like, I think we could go to a 4-3. I, I mean... I would prefer they go to a four three. We'd have to get some. We'd have to get some beef in, yeah. in the middle. But like this conference, like running seems it's the name of the game. Yeah, right now South Dakota State runs it. The Cats run it. NDSU North Dakota runs State it. runs it. It's three of the top four Se- teams. Seventy five percent of the teams still playing football are run heavy teams. Yeah. So I mean, it's like not having four guys up front. You're already starting a disadvantage. Yeah. Well, look at the FBS level. Georgia runs it. Alabama. I mean, like, running the ball in college football is your your primary recipe for continued success. And being able to stop it is the name of the game. Yeah. I don't know. What about the offense? Well, I think, like, something that we had discussed, it was, it was interesting. Daniel Britt got his first series of reps in a game where – the defense was playing like it still mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that – because we had Colt on here. He pointed that out. You know, that the Cal Poly game, the Eastern game, um, he was playing against kids that wanted to succeed. So, so it's not like Cal Poly was just like, well, let him play, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think he got a real good dose of the level you need to be playing at if you want to be a championship quarterback. And so I think there's this – there was the fast react narrative of, oh, he sucks. Which is crazy. Um, which is, I mean, which it, that's a like, shit opinion. That's a terrible opinion. We have no idea if he's going to be good or not, no. but it's okay to still be excited that he's got potential. I don't, we need to bring somebody in to compete with him. We've yeah. all said that. Like, yeah. I think people think that, like, this, like, 
fun we have with Daniel Britt means that we think automatically he's going to become the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> Kyle Sample might. Well, we call him our Lord and Savior, and, but yeah. <laughs> and it, part of that just stems from we so, wish that we could develop a QB yeah. and have one that pl- would play for several years. Exactly. Um, but I'm glad that Daniel Britt got to get some real gamer experience in the playoffs against a legit team because that's what you need to build on. Like that's the, the, the snaps he took against North Dakota State – are way more valuable than anything else he did this year. Absolutely. I Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, shoot, I'm on record, and Brent's on record too, being like, I mean, I think Chris Brown could still get better as a quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, if that's true, uh, would I think Daniel Britt still has room for growth? Absolutely. He's a retro freshman. Do you know <laughs> who else has room for growth? The entire offensive line. Like, <sighs> NDSU is yeah. a damn good team. I think our offensive line will hopefully get better. It needs to get better. Hey, we have a first team all conference lineman, yeah. and he comes back. And this is and one thing, that, and, and you know, talking about the playoffs and where the Grizz end up and stuff like that. They ran into NDSU and they lost in a way that most teams lose to NDSU. Like it is what it is. They were not as good as they were this year, but there's also a lot of people who hate the Grizz that are piling on. Oh, they lost in this round of 16. Yeah, and almost every other Big Sky Conference team would have lost to NDSU in that game, too. There were other teams that were seeded who the Grizz could beat. That (laughs) team that marched out and played Montana State last week, they are not better than Montana. No. And and people can take whatever they want from it, but it's like the Big Sky was clearly a better conference than any other conference. And yes, um, Missouri Valley has two teams left. I get that. And the Big Sky Conference only has one left, but it's it's clear to me that the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky are the only two good conferences. Yeah, agreed. And I think what like right because we're like oh the CAA is right there. The CAA is CAA a, was terrible. Is a combined conference won like two games. Yeah, Richmond won one and Bill and Mary won one. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it. So I just we need to, as we're kind of analyzing things like the need to blow it up to get back to even where we were last year, I don't buy so much, but we still have so much work to be the next step. And that's what frustrates me. And offensively, I mean, I guess maybe the game plan was a little bit better than it has been previous weeks. Lucas Johnson does some things really well and does some things that I just don't... He I, All season long, we struggled to throw over the middle. All season. And you saw it again um, this last game. You did. Where he struggled. Where he was going far sideline with <clears throat> options kind of right in front of him. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, we, we barely get our tight ends involved. And it just, it just, it doesn't make sense. Well, and I think we talked about those in previous pods. Like, Lucas Johnson had limitations in the passing game. And I think the Idaho loss was the first game that really put that out there. Um, and so I think. Then we saw the progression go with, I mean, we've seen this year in and year out where it's like take something away because you know the other side of it, of the, of the other side of the coin with this offense is not going to be able to beat you. And so like last year was just don't let Cam Humphrey or Chris Brown get over the top of you in the passing game because their running game is so young and green yep. and inefficient, they're not going to run on you much. This year it's, it's like basically, you know, the running game is a little up, down, hot, cold. It's not going to be a type of game that's going to kill you. And 
keep Lucas Johnson a little bit under wraps, make sure he doesn't run much after, especially after the sack concussion and his continual kind of leg injuries that slowed dramatically. And then it was just like the middle of the field is not a spot that gets attacked. And, nope. and so your slot, your tight end, um, get underused. And then again, there's just, don't let him get you up the sideline much cats. Let it happen once. And then not again. And, uh, you, you really neutralize a guy that it, passing. He's you know he didn't come in as a pass first quarterback. Started at Georgia Tech as a triple option QB. So I think and his injuries I think really, unfortunately it's the way it goes. But his injuries really, really dramatically changed just yep. the way he approached this whole game because I think if we had a healthy Lucas Johnson through the whole stretch of this, like you're talking about Luke, we're not we're not seven and four in the playoffs. We're we're nine and two. We're ten and one, and. Who the hell knows what we're talking about right now? But yeah, I, I just I think even with what we did this season, I could totally see no schematic changes. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Me too. And yeah, absolutely. Um, because it's all kind. Of, I mean, uh, someone who doesn't really follow football as closely as us, uh, Grizz football said, "Well, so how did, was the season a success?" Like, would you look at back on it? And I was like, no. We the compared to expectations, it we wasn't at all. we really fell short. Um, so it wasn't a success. But if you asked, like maybe all but I don't know six teams in the country, if this was a successful season, yes. they'd be like, oh my god, we're ecstatic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. But, again, but for us, it's sort of excruciating. But I mean, that that's the expectation here, right? There's no. Samford fan podcast, right? You know, I mean, yeah. it's like... <laughs> there is. They're not getting as many downloads as we are. But it's like, there, there's a high expectation here. When you open the season where it's like... it's it's So you go back and you look at 2019, and we lost to Weaver. Dalton Sneed throws five picks, and it's like... It was just like, damn it. That was like a tough game for Dalton. Like, probably should have beat Weaver, but it was just such a... Snow and wind and like it was close. It was a one score game, mm-hmm. and so it's like okay. Then COVID hits and they're building this, and here we go. And <clears throat> then you hit twenty twenty one, and it's you know kind of it's a mix of well running back the running back room gets decimated, and then we lose Cam Humphrey for a stretch, and once again you're um, you're on the wrong side of things. So it's like oh just a little bit, but you kind of feel like oh we're getting like we're just a few close. We're almost there, but we got the playoffs. And, and the interesting thing with the end of 21, so the end of 19, you felt like we were almost there, like we are in that game. We didn't need to change much. You didn't need to come away from the Weaver game being like, blow this up, right? Fire the coaches. Change the system. Mm-hmm. At the end of 21, it was like, all right, James Madison kicked our ass, but we also, Cam gets knocked out. Sammy breaks his collarbone. Like, it was kind of a fluky weird game, but it also showed that we had a hell of a hard time hanging with James Madison. But then there was the caveat. Well, you know, they're moving up, so maybe blah, blah, blah. And then this year, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, now we get a, once again, we get that, we get that ability to play against the goal, like the pinnacle. And you just, you, you don't see any progress forward yep. where you come away from this being like, one or two things and we're almost there. The small progress is that in the middle of the third quarter, we weren't getting destroyed. But again, no one, and no. just doesn't do that to people. No. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the last couple of times they, we've played them, they've done it to us. They did it yeah. to the Cats in the yeah. national championship yeah. game. I, but I mean, that's a, that's a small like that's, that's not a that's not a 
Yeah, I was also just, this. This wasn't the best NDSU team in the last ten no, years. No, so. not at all. Um, so, I mean, where are we? Like, we clearly, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, we have to bring in a transfer quarterback. Yes, because I, I think Daniel Britt's a gamer, and I, th- I think he could develop into something. Um, he's a freshman. He'll be a sophomore next year. He'll be a sophomore next year. <laughs> and we've seen guys take leaps. And you've made this point before, like comparing yeah. like Colbert was as a freshman to Colbert was as a sophomore. Junior. It's like people yeah. writing them off, um, you know, writing these guys off when they're freshmen. It's like they're getting their playing time. But if we don't play them when they're young and at least kind of start to give them that experience and f- see what they've got, we're never going to know. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Britt started to get some snaps. And Agreed. I hope they legitimately have a competition. They don't just hand it to whoever, whatever transfer they bring in. Yeah. Because, A, I think it would be good for Daniel Britt to go through that competition. But, B, I'm not sure that that really helped us this year with Lucas Johnson. And granted, of course, Lucas Johnson is going to win it because – you know, for lots of reasons, I think he was the only real candidate. But I don't know that that's a good place to be. Yeah. Like every yeah. team that we've had, we in the last decade, we've seen that we need two plus starting QBs. And um, so we're, oh. we're good there. Um, running back Gilman to me. Oh, let's it, talk about Gilman. Yeah, I, starter day one next year. Like I mean, yes. he's exciting. Yes. Like the three games he's played, you yes. feel like you let him touch the ball, and you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be a dude. Absolutely. Do you guys – all right, so how many carries did he get this season? Probably like 17 or something he like played that. Two, three three games. games. Three games? Two. Did he even – I was going to say, do you think he got 12 carries? There we, go. we had five against NDSU. Eight, eight attempts, 65 yards, one touchdown, log of 19, 8.1 yards per carry. But, again, go back. this is the one – I so, love the four-game redshirt rule. Because it's like we are four I, years old, and they got him real experience. Like, he looked so good when he touched the, every time he touched the ball this year, and like I want to be, I want to like not get my heart broken. So I'm like, starter day one. I don't know. Let's mix him in. I think it's very. I'm like, Mike. I believe you. Like, like he he passes whatever eye test and small sample performance test. Absolutely. Um, but if he's our number two, we're in really good shape. Because yeah. he looked so great. Yeah. And you could see with this coaching staff, you could see even if he is the number one, him being the number two to Nick Osmo because Nick Osmo is going to be a junior and that's the way it goes. <laughs> you know. But I, I also think that in college football, like we were just saying, like if you're the number two guy in most college football offenses, you're getting a ton of carries. Like this is not like a – this is not when Herschel Walker. Yeah, you're had not. You don't have carries. one guy getting 32 <laughs> carries a game. You know, it's we like don't you're give, spreading that around. We don't but want to give people head trauma. You just saw enough to like, kind of be like, hey, like if this Walker. If, we, if this guy, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, if this guy goes in the offseason, works hard, is in the weight room, um, and you know has a camp where he's getting the reps, and then is actually getting consistent carries, like I, I think that. This kid can be good. You can see why the coaches are excited about him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got that. You get the Gilman and Osmo combo. You've got Childs. You've got Harris. I mean, I really like that running back room. And like you talked about it as well, too, Luke, with four of the 5 0 linemen return, um, including our two all conference guys. Uh, we got to figure out left tackle. I'd have to venture to guess that that, that running back room, the four guys you mentioned, you know, Osmo's for sure here. Childs is for sure here. 
or not Childs, um, uh, Gilman. Childs to me played well enough given the chance that I'd love for him to stay. So, Harris to me has the ability to be a playmaker, but there's only so many carries. So it's like those two, I kind of wonder if they're not going to evaluate things a little bit. I, somebody, was it Luke? Did you mention this where it's like, <clears throat> could X be a guy that can move to like, slot receiver or something like that you know they they throw the ball to him a lot out of the backfield what was that game what was the semo game like he had a great catch and yeah. run right he um, had a great catch and run um eastern washington game too i just like the thing you look at like a bobby hawk running back yeah they really like to be 200 pounds or heavier and x is I don't want to knock the kid because I mean I th- we've talked about this before. He's done some real special stuff, and I would I'd hate for to lose him. But I just wonder if the coaching staff's like this kid's one eighty, one seventy five ish. You know, is that just is, how's that going to fit into what they want? And again, super special talent My, sometimes absolutely blows the doors off, and I X could absolutely do that. So I don't want to write this kid off. That's one of the things about X. I think is that. He's someone where if he transfer portaled to like another team in the in the conference, I'd be like, shit. Yeah. He's kind of tough to tackle sometimes. I mean, look at, I mean, kind of a weird example, but um, uh, who was the sack kid that went to UNC? Oh, yeah. Um, um, and had big numbers. Broke a record there. Um, yeah, we're all blanking his name out. <laughs> And he's in the portal again. <laughs> Is he in the portal or something? Yeah. <laughs> Elijah Dotson. Elijah Dotson. Yeah. No, he d- declared for the draft. Oh, it was the draft? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, okay, why well. Not? <laughs> same thing. I mean, same why, thing. why not? But uh, no, no. I'm I mean, with, I'm I think, I think I, Luke, I, I'm with you. If it's like next think, year, it's like Eastern Washington. We don't play Eastern next year. I uh, hope there's a way we can hold on to X. Agreed. I, I just hope he really likes it, Masula. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the running back side of this, I mean, I'd, I'd put a little post up where I was, like, looking at the offense, and we all know that things are going to change. Some guys might leave. Some some transfers are going to come in. So it's really hard to project what the starting offense would look like. But if you built the starting offense off, like, this year's too deep, next year's offense will have two seniors on it total. And everyone else will be juniors for the most part. Uh, and, mm. and a sophomore. <laughs> um and so it's like, and the two seniors would be Dylan McGinnis and I think AJ Forbes. AJ Forbes, yeah. Um, and so, uh, like your two stud O linemen are your seniors, and everyone else is is juniors or a little under. So it's like, not a young offense, but a younger offense, but an offense that couldn't theory have a couple years together to do stuff, which is exciting. On the flip side, the defense would have eight to nine seniors. So. But again, we've talked about defensive changes needed and stuff like that. But it's like if the defense stays exactly the same, we are senior heavy, which could be great. Um, but, you know, this depth is now changing dramatically. We've talked a lot about this defensive depth being a strength for the rotation, which, of course, you know, especially after the cat loss and the NDSU loss, a lot of people were bringing that up. Is it really as much of a strength as we thought it was? Um, <laughs> but now it's like now suddenly with some graduations that we're seeing, um, we're starting to those backup roles are starting to look like guys that we have not seen before, save special teams play or hardly even that. So, some big changes on the horizon. I'm trying to think of who we return, what the defense looks like 
for our returning starters. I gotcha. Obviously, Gubner, Noose, Janicaro, Braxton Hill. Mm-hmm. And I really liked how those two came on as the season went on. I mean, Noose had a great sack in that uh, NDSU game. Guy's jersey ripped, ripped in half or something like that. Um, you know, the game was uh, unfortunately well in hand by that point. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, my God. We're... Your linebackers are going to be Hill, Flink. Oh, that's right, Flink. And who's the other? And Janicaro. And Janicaro, all seniors. Your corners are going to be Walker, senior. And either the Whitehead kid or Gradney, I think both seniors. And transfer. I mean, they'll get a transfer cornerback. I don't think so. Whether that person turns into a starter or not, but they will get one. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, you got Gubb on the D-line. I mean, your safety is Fouch, Cotton, Graves, senior, senior, senior. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you got a lot of guys that we've seen for years and years now. And um, depending on how that, that goes – how that you know looks on the other end um we could have a lot of familiar faces playing next year or maybe they maybe they revamp it pretty heavy and we see a lot of new faces as well rotating in but yeah was our ends the other end was it mcgowan i think would have been the other and then Houston or yep. noose yeah how do we get better offensive linemen like the cats what the hell are they doing there you guys think is it getting the player or developing the player? Like I'm saying it not yeah. not as an indictment of I because I don't I, I don't know what that room looks like, but I mean I think we've talked about this repeatedly of we're headed into presumably year five, season five, year six, and it feels like MSU. How, how many alignment did they graduate last year? Four. Four. Like they lost this huge O line, and it was supposed to be this huge weakness, and. They're great. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, not for nothing, but like McGinnis and Forbes are transfers. Thank God we have them. Yep. And Walker. And was Walker transfer. was a transfer. <laughs> Three-fifths of our own line was a transfer. So I'm glad we found him there. But Young guy, Casey, right? Brandon Casey was a, was a recruit. Yeah. And then... And um, I thought he played pretty well he this year. Great. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the guys. He got like a late Oregon State... Offer. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's one that, and then Brown, and then um, is going to develop into a really good player. Brown at Garden, who's the the former D line kid, Grimsrud, uh, Journey, who yeah. then flipped over and did really well. Yeah. So the right side's homegrown. The center to the left is is was transfer, and all three of those transfers came in and started right away. So it wasn't like they. Did their time back it up, you know? I realize this isn't, you know, the NFL where you can just sign a free agent and stuff, but, like, I get... It kind of is. I mean, (laughs) that's... I don't know. There's 900 kids in the portal right now, right, or something? Um, I just... It kind of excites me to imagine what this team could be with uh, legitimate, like, MSU-level offensive line with Gilman. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I think my hope, like, I mean, we've circled around this a few times, so, but my hope is that there is enough self-assessment that given the, the goals and expectations for this season, 
um, that were not met. And you can't really just say, oh, if that receiver was called out in the sack game like he should have been, everything would have been fine and we'd still be playing football. So my hope is that there is enough assessment there to understand that some adjustments need to be need to be made if it's schematically, if it's personnel-wise in terms of player personnel or coaching personnel or something like that. I would, I would really, really hope that um, changes are made. But, I mean, I think like you guys have said, I don't, I, I'm not sitting here like, oh, no, yeah, no, oh, yeah changes are like, the way. Like, I'm, I don't feel confident in it. You know, and it's weird because I feel, you know, and we're not going to speculate, but it's like I'm fairly certain at least one of our coaches is going to retire. And sure. they haven't said anything about it. So it's like it does make you wonder what they're all kind of thinking and how this is all yeah. working itself out behind closed doors. I, I don't know. Um, you know, some of the people that usually talk to us about stuff have kind of said things are quiet. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, take that for take that for what it's worth. I know some of the, some of the coaches are out recruiting, which is exciting. I know there have been people here. Um, yeah, there have been. So there's more coming in this week too. Yeah. So that's all. You know, I mean, jump into the off season and hope we can do it well. But man, I both offensively and defensively, I'd love to see our schemes tweaked. Agreed. Just because defensively we have an identity, and I love the the rough and fast. And but you know, when the two best teams we played this year both had people afterwards kind of say. Yeah, we knew we could do this against their defense because the scheme doesn't handle this. Right. You got to change that. You got problems. Offensively, we haven't had an identity nope. for years. Montana offense, 6th uh, of 12th in the conference, 395 per game. You know, you break it down when you look at rushing, they were 7th. Look at passing, they were 8th uh, when you individualize it. I mean, it's just like defensive numbers are decent, but – where they stacked against good bad, good versus bad. But Montana's offense We just, were a better rushing team than a passing team in the Big Sky? That's statistically, crazy. Like we, that, aver- we averaged maybe, one, we averaged that one That maybe tells you that our passing game and what we had going with Lucas Johnson wasn't as good as some people like to say. That's I mean, not a knock, but I mean like... So we were the fifth worst pass. We were the that. fifth worst passing offense. The very worst was Montana State. <laughs> but again, <laughs> so it's, that, that's where you got to look at it a little subjectively, right? But I don't know if you guys found this funny, but I kind of did, dark, like darkly and sad, and funny in a sad way. But you know, immediately after everyone's seasons are over, you're getting a lot of folks declaring they're going into the transfer portal, yeah. and. Grizz Nation, Grizz Twitter is like like liking and retweeting and being like, oh boy, it'd sure be nice to have this guy. Like Xavier Gilroy from like Idaho State or like this quarterback from there. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck would they come to UM? Like like what about our offense and our offensive identity? Or anything point. the coaches like, why would a QB or a wide receiver oh have put boy. on the field? Why yeah. would they want to come play for coaching in a scheme like that? Like, what? There's just no identity. Like, look at this wide receiver. He's like, great. Like, look at this amazing tight end. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he'll get thrown to twice a game. Like, that's he's not going to come here. No, not at all. Well, Lovely. 
lovely. Glory's I, headed I, to Utah, I think, right? So yeah, that guy was always going up, but still, it was but I get like, what you, I mean. Ugh. What's that? What's that sell to a receiver right now? Like, how do you talk to a come dis- be part of the change? So this is where you come be part of the change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, but but what happens? How are you going to change it? Does do you feel like you have the ability to change? Got with a the, new QB coming in. Come be part of the change. <laughs> come be part of the change. What are you guys changing? It's the same shit they sold them last year. Oh God, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sand. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Let's. Change. You're not wrong, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> you're just an asshole. <laughs> oh no. Um, I don't know. So I have on my notes here, we should talk about off-season recruiting. They don't have a ton of scholarships, maybe a few more than we think, but it's not going to be a huge recruiting class. No, it's not. I think, I mean, my general take is I think save a couple of these names we have seen. I think the majority of guys that have announced, especially in-state kids, are all books or something pretty partial split up i have a feeling that uh you know i I, i'm guessing the majority of scholarships getting spent is going to be transfers i I think and the thing i think you could look at as well too and this is every team in the country has to deal with this with the covid shirt year is everyone has this giant glut of a massive redshirt freshman to sophomore class this next year right and so you need to fill the ranks at either you know gray shirts to red shirting freshmen, or you need to put it in at seniors, juniors, because you're going to lose. I, I think. Well, I mean, we saw this with uh, one of the D linemen, right? Um, uh, the kid from Oregon, where I think they honored him on senior day because he's graduating. And oh, right, yeah, um, and he's going to do something else. And he's just so it's like I think you're going to see some instances where in the next year or two, you're going to have these seniors. That have been in school for six years and have and multiple degrees. And it could also explain why the transfer portal is yeah. so full. Yeah, it does explain some of that. Because so, it's like this is true everywhere. Yeah, it feels like. I, I mean, my guess is usually our early signing day is like a lot of Montana kids, and I got a feeling, just a sneaky suspicion. I think the signing day is going to be a handful more transfer heavy. Hmm. This is my guess. Hope they're exciting transfers. I hope so too. So then we can hype ourselves up and be disappointed again. It's our year again. No, it's our year. It's our year. So they go they go into we winter conditioning, right? In the January. In January. They get back to school. Yeah. So February ish. Right. When is when's what's the first week of semester? January seventeenth, I think. It's so it's Tuesday. Like, I think the next week or the week after winter conditioning starts. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> So they got five weeks off now, something like that. And then so that, but but we should have these kids, some of them, right, signed very soon because they have to register yeah, signing for days. classes. And, I mean, signing day is like ten days out. I think. Yeah. So January seventeenth yeah, is day one of the spring term. It's not this week. It's next. I think for next early Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, look, your point's well taken, and that's my hope. Like. It seems like transfers tend to fit in, especially senior grad transfer type guys. Like you got a full, you don't just show up and everyone's getting to know them August 1st, but they like, you spend a semester with them, you go to spring camp with them, you're doing the summer conditioning with them. It seems to help um, with adaptation and being ready for that first kickoff in September. So my hope is that 
the transfers that they're eyeing to plug and play immediately are here this semester rather than through the summer. Sometimes you just it is what it is. Yeah. But my hope is that we can get more in for the spring, so we've got them. Yeah. And we can see them in spring ball, you know, and do all that stuff. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I think you know, it's some people have uh, DM'd or sent some responses on. Um, on Twitter and stuff, just saying, hey, you know, really surprised not a lot of Grizz are in the portal um, or, or announcing they're going elsewhere. I mean, the only one we truly, really know of is Marcus Knight at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think next week is finals week, so I think a lot of our student athletes are focusing on taking tests right now, and they're still around each other. Um, then they go home. They see but they go home. But I, I, I will say. things change. Yeah. I will say. A lot can still happen, but it was refreshing that the week after the season ended, they didn't just jump in because and a lot of teams like, had that happen. Northern to them. Colorado, like half their team hit the portal. <laughs> Eastern, like a lot of these guys. I don't know that I fully buy your theory of the case that they're focused on finals. <laughs> of the three of us, only Luke works at a university. That's, that's fair. That's this very particular fair. university in question. I, fair. Fair. I, I think football players are like. A lot of undergraduate students, where like it's occurring to them tonight that finals week starts tomorrow. <laughs> finals week's tomorrow? Oh shit! You're giving me nervous right now, and yeah. I haven't had a final in 15 years. Can I tell a great story about Mike during finals week? Oh, yes. go ahead, because then I was going to talk about my what I want for finals week. So go ahead. Ooh. So when Mike and I were in college, uh, we got into. Mike might have been in his first year of grad school, but we were heading into finals week, and we were watching 24, the TV series, the amazing TV series starring (laughs) Keeper Sutherland as Jack Bauer, saving the country. And we were binge-watching it like all Sunday. Mike... As any rational person getting ready for finals week would do. Yes, of course. And it, it, it hit probably like... I don't know, 8 o'clock or something. We've been watching it for many hours, just banging through seasons. Probably 12. And Jeez. and we were like, all right. Mike's like, yeah, I got to I gotta do some review. I've got this test in the morning. And I was like, yeah, me too. Test in the morning, same time. Um, like, I don't know, 9 a.m. or something. And so I, I peace out, go back to my room. On the way out of uh, Miller Hall the next morning... <laughs> I run into Mike and he looks like hell. His eyes are bloodshot. He's he's moving slow. And I'm like, Mike, are you okay? And he goes, I finished the whole season. I didn't sleep last night. Oh, no. He he stayed up and watched oh, the entire yeah. thing. And I had to know. <laughs> yeah. He was going to so save the world. He finished the whole season. He, he did, by the way. He saved the world. Repeatedly. Yeah. We're safer now. I feel like this story might have been told once on the pod. We're five or six years into this at this yeah. point. Um, different story about that, but I want to talk finals first. You saying it's finals week tomorrow gave me a little bit of anxiety, even though, you know, I don't have it. I yeah. used to, Finals always seem to be early in the morning for me. So what I would love to do is go to the final, and then I'd walk over to the country store. Yeah. Get me a Grizz burrito. Yeah. Hash browns, bacon, gravy, eggs, ready to go. Sausage gravy. And um, 
We've talked about this on the pod before. They don't make these anymore. They don't have the Grizz burrito anymore. Because apparently it's not healthy. Yeah. Like, they sling, like, pizzas and fried shit. Or, conversely, I've heard that maybe it was too labor-intensive. Either they way, stone fire. Don't pizza. take away all the things that make make this place unique. You know, you could talk to alum from a whole period, and they'd all talk about that. Maybe, maybe, maybe more on the male side. Those burritos were legit. They were so good. God, they need to. Um, my mother has started going back and listening to our earliest episodes. Why? Whoa! Because she wants to hear James get older. That's oh, right. that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she told me last week, she's like, I've been really enjoying them. I don't think she's listening to the whole thing, but... It's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you see a bump in downloads, Brent? <laughs> like, just one? It's like, who's downloading it? <laughs> what? Yeah, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa. Um, <laughs> Episode 14. So I know there's lots of... Twitter questions, and we're going to touch on all these subjects anyway. So I don't think we need to go too much more into coaches or anything like that. I do think we'll see a few changes, but I think that you guys are right. We're not going to see yeah uh, wholesale changes. I'm open to it, but I just I, I just don't see it. My, and yeah, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, Bobby did a press conference the Monday after the game, and I I think that somebody must have made him do that press conference because <laughs> there was no point. Like it's pointless. He he seemed to be annoyed with the reporters for asking questions the reporters didn't ask tough questions like nobody asked him about the jace lewis tweet that basically said that robbie's tackle record's a fraud yeah um yeah you know and jace lewis played on the team very recently for coach Houck. like that's you know yeah that's a legitimate thing to you know kind of point out and say hey maybe there's some trouble in paradise he gave the same line about um if they don't want to be here we don't want him here which i get I also think, and we've kind of learned a little bit that, you know, and this shouldn't surprise anyone, that if someone's thinking of leaving, they're not going to Hauk. No. And that, you know, they've got a plan, and they talk to them, and they give them things to think about, and that's positive. Yeah. One one thing I about this whole, um, you know, if they, if they don't want to be here, you know, we, we don't want them here either, whatever. Whatever version he said. I think, Mike, you hit it word for word, but... Um, I totally agree with that. Like, if you don't want to be here, generally, go find, I don't know. Yeah. Go find your happiness, right? Go find your happy place. Yeah. But Bobby mentioned this year that he had the most fun. Like, this was the funnest group of people he has ever coached. Yeah. I, I have to, I'm going to take him at his word there. I mean, maybe this group really likes playing for Bobby and this coaching staff. Maybe that's why we're not seeing people jump. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Could just be the uh, fans and former players that are frustrated. I think it's possible. Yeah. I, I think he has a way of uh, about getting everyone like to buy in. Maybe. But I just I do want to point out that it's there are a lot of former players, not far back former players who we're hearing from. Some of them like Jace are saying it out loud. Yeah. You know, that are frustrated. There are some people who played from the first time around that are kind of like, "What the heck's going on?" So it's like, you can carry the persona around for some, for so long, but kids have to want to be here, and it's a new kid. Yeah, it's not the same kid yeah. as even five years ago. It's a new yeah. kid. I, Jace's tweet read personal to me, and I wonder, 
I've heard Bobby refer to his son as the greatest tackler in Big Sky Conference history. Like since uh, yep. he since he set since the he record. Set the record. And you know, like I I mean, I don't think he's the greatest tackler on this football team. Um, he has the most tackles, right? But just because Ricky Anderson had the most at bats doesn't make him like the greatest hitter greatest batter, yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um I think I think Jace is probably like, fuck that, I'm a better tackler than Robbie. Let alone me. What about Dante Olson? Right. Right, which is the man he he invoked in his tweet. Right. I could see former players, ta- like especially defensive players, taking that like uh, personally. Sure. So uh, maybe it's an anomaly type tweet. Could you also say that seniors from last year's class, like Jace, had kind of been through, came here with Bob Stitt and been through the rebuild with Bobby, and then you see, okay, this team is preseason favorite. This team is sky is the limit, and then it's like, oh, this team is took a step back in terms of its expectations and everything yeah. it's just like okay so what are we clinging to as the measurement of success in this year it's a tackle record which it's not you know but it's like i could see how yeah former very recent former players could be upset i i could see that too and i also yeah. think of all the rumored fuckery around the 37 handoff oh absolutely like played in, played into that tweet absolutely. and uh you know i don't fault yeah i I don't know. It's I, I just want to make sure no one hears this and makes me think I, I fault Robbie for any of this stuff. He just goes out there and plays his ass off. Yeah, um, has his limitations, but you know also. And we have heard that, brings a lot that, to the field that Robbie pushes back a little bit on some of that stuff. Like his dad wants wants to push him more, and he's a little bit more reserved on it. We've heard that. Now yeah. we're not in the locker room. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a fun era. It, I. I will tell you there have been times I really have enjoyed seeing how they talk to each other on the sidelines and stuff like that. And, you know, I think Robbie is a very intelligent football mind. And I think that, you know, I I think that stuff is legit. I mean, I think he's brought a lot to the team at the same time. So we talked about I I brought this from a from a spring camp observation where I was sitting there and they they did a little scrimmage and, and I'm sitting behind the defense and they I it was intentional where they had like the defensive on-field coaches sending plays in and out. And so the players had a lot of t- more time to themselves than they would in a game situation where they're talking to their position coach. And the two guys that are at most like completely like working through talking to D-line, talking to linebackers, talking to corners, talking to safeties, um, is Justin Ford and Robbie Howe. Mm-hmm. And, and it was something I, – I'd said this on the pod, like especially under – the first time around with Hauk, your seniors talking retro freshman, it was like, hey, don't fuck up. Fuck you, you stupid piece <laughs> of shit. You know? uh, yeah, I was like, you want to play on this team? Don't be such a bum, you little, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like I get out there and Robbie's like sitting there talking to, you know, Jackson Lee or someone. And and and, and they're working with these young guys. And they're like, you know, when you do that, you know, like this, that that's your hand. Oh, he was showing hand-up. you his future? Yeah, well, maybe so. Well. <laughs> So it's like I think, yeah, it, it was it was something I'd never seen before from a senior to underclassman type of interaction, especially especially in spring camp. One one of the things about Robbie is, um, if every Grizz player played with his sort of the fire in oh his belly, God. I, I mean, yeah. the defense would be you know yeah lights out. He 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 wants it as much as any player has ever wanted it yeah. before. Yeah. You know, like he's. I and 
you know, I think he's an intelligent person who probably will have some aptitude for coaching just I, growing up around coaches. So, I mean, um, no doubt, I think. NDSU's coach thinks so, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Bobby said it as well, too, right? The coaching in the not-so-distant future was the yeah. headed into the postseason. Did NDSU's coach say that? No, NDSU's coach just said, I think he's going to be coaching for them next year, for us. And, but Bobby, I think, headed into the, the postseason, had made some comment about, or maybe it was when he broke the record. But not just something future. like, yeah. Um, so Bobby in the past has said that they don't like to have grad um, assistance from the program because mm-hmm. they like a different perspective. And hey, uh, I think he'd so make, it'll be really interesting. I think Bobby makes some exceptions. Do you think he makes some exceptions, his... or do you think he says, go experience things? I know all these other coaches. You know, so, like, all right, if, if, I'd say if there were Vegas odds, you'll probably where Robbie Petrinos, where Robbie is going to be a grad assistant. I mean, Montana's got to be right there. Okay, next Portland State. Don't you think that they could do a lot better in Portland State? Go, 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 GA for our buddy Gross. Barney. Gross. Come <laughs> on, Robbie. Then we'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> I could see. Yes, Hauk has way better connections, and yes, Rock I could see be. it either. I could see it either way, but I could see it at Portland State. I thought, San Diego State. I thought Barnum was interviewing for the ISU job. Right? They hired Hawkins, so we've got oh, father-son duo as coaches in the Big Sky Conference now. There have actually been some good coaching hires. Hawkins is a good hire, I think, at Idaho State. Yeah. Lamb is a steal, I think, at North, Northern Colorado. He won the Big Sky Conference in yeah. Southern Utah. Southern Utah. Yep. Um, and we'll see what Sac State does. There's rumors that maybe Thompson will get Thompson. bumped up. Yep. It's going to be tough, though, because Taylor was also the offensive coordinator. Um, Weber hasn't named anybody yet, have they? No, they haven't. Yeah, okay. Four new coaches. We've got a lot of them on our schedule. Yes. Yeah, indeed. We also have the Division Two national champion, <laughs> Fair State. I hope they can find a way to buy him out. I yeah. hate that we have that game. I think it's already been tweeted at us, I think, by Mr. Haslam himself that this game is happening. So. Really? He, he tweeted maybe not that? Maybe not to that extent, but just like, you don't... I can text him. It's I've really got a, I've hard. I've got a cell phone number. <laughs> it's really hard to buy out games this soon. This is going to sound dumb, like a dumb question, but, you know, I ask a lot of those. I say a lot of dumb stuff. Do you guys think the, like the Washingtons are football fans? I know there's a field named after them, and they built, you know, the, you know, the new f- champion center. Yeah. Do you think they're football fans? Because if I I was just thinking about where do we find the money to buy out a shit opponent, and I was like, I don't know. Do we have any billionaire like yes. alum? I don't, or uh, go ahead. I don't think it's the money. I think it's finding another team to play the game. Yeah. Oh. So do you think they're football fans? Because if I if I was a billionaire, I would spend at least a million dollars a year buying an NIL offensive line God. or in NIL incentives. And yeah. they they fart a million dollars. Like, right? Yes. Like, oh, what was that? I farted. And like, no, oh, that was $60,000. <laughs> oh, shit. Now the whole O-line has new trucks. But <laughs> th- didn't Texas, the University of Texas, the, they had some donors say like. Either Texas or Texas A&M. Like every it, O-lineman gets $40,000 or something. 40000 yeah, forty fifty thousand $50,000. That's nothing. You're like that's not that's like not even a million dollars. Yeah. Do you think they're fans? Maybe I would be broke. I think they're fans. <laughs> they yeah. must be fans. 
I think I think they I think they believe in investment in the community as a whole because they're not just supporters of football, but they're supporters of education and their foundation. Oh, so yeah, their you know, their foundation I mean, is incredibly this, impactful. That'd be just think if it was just like the the you know the the Mike Nugent football stadium and Mike Nugent as a billionaire um, doesn't donate any money to anything else for any anything at all community related in Western Missoula Western Montana. That would Montana. not happen. I, would, I know. There's I know. a lot so of things I'd give money to for the football team. I know. I know. Uh, but so it's like, I think, I think they share, they, but yeah, I think they're, I think they're fans, but Luke, I think your point's well taken. And that's like, so Ken Haslam on Twitter said he wanted to come on the pod at some point, uh, and talk about the scheduling thing. Yeah, we do need to get him on. Yeah. Because I think it's the unfortunate, it's the money game. And I think people, we've talked about this before, but why don't we go play Wyoming? Because we make more money playing Ferris State in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Why don't we buy out Ferris State and go play Northern Iowa because we because we will lose money. And there is one program and one program only at the University of Montana that actually makes money and they are responsible for paying everybody's bills and it's football. And so there's an unfortunate broad aspect to this. There's something we were talked about before we started recording as well too is that Montana football has become such a like like revenue max product that they put themselves into corners like booking a Ferris State um, or Butler. Uh, at least Butler's a at D1 least Butler's game, D1, though. yeah. Uh, where like these games just have to happen because that's that is the way the money goes. Um, Montana didn't bid as much as North Dakota for the playoffs. Uh, that was fascinating, uh, and then some very fascinating feedback where um, the the best engaged crowd in a home game that Montana had was the playoff game. And it wasn't because it was the smallest crowd or the rowdy Thanksgiving crowd added to it, but it was because your timeout breaks, like the party and the fun continued. It wasn't sit down and watch a short movie about football players touching plastic spiders in a box. Or it I wasn't, actually like that one. It wasn't... That's, the, you know, that's why you guys haters. Or, that whole know. minute is the dumbest minute ever. And so it's like... Terrible. And so, like, like, like... And it's... <laughs> and I, terrible. I, I mean, I guess I should absolutely point out I am the hypocrite at the table, right? As, as, as you know, a big banner sponsor within the stadium, I suppose. But... Yeah, you're what's wrong with this. I am. I am what's wrong with this goddamn <laughs> thing. But it's just like the... And, um, you know, it was also pointed out to me that... Um, it, that uh, you know, in the brawl of the wild, there was not a lot of focus on making sure the the, the corporate sponsors were happy at halftime, but the fans were continually having fun, and so um, it's a fo- it's it's just this 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 measurement of like pay the bills versus make it as much fun as possible, and unfortunately, just with the nature of athletic budgets at this level we're in, and the fact that. We can't seem to get men's and women's basketball off the ground enough to be um, positive revenue. Um, and I know there's a much deeper thing. This when we have Kent on, you can talk about, you know, Title Nine and this and that, and the the amount of you know sports you need compared to others, and all these other things like this and travel costs. And I know it's a much bigger discussion, but it's just like football has become the product that pays the bills, and the the number one thing is to make it as revenue positive as possible at the detriment of the experience for the fan in the game and with the out-of-conference opponent. And then if they don't go make that money, 
then just like um at large has to backfill it figure it out somewhere yeah and we're four or five thousand students less than we were last time bobby was here right yep that's four thought four thousand less people paying athletic fees that's one of the underrated or underappreciated things about athletics is that athletic fee hasn't changed but the number of kids paying it definitely has big time um what is the athletic fee i don't even know i'll look it up I don't know how to find it quick. I don't. I don't have any idea. I was trying to Google it. Um, what do you, hold on. I want your guesses, though. Really I'd quick. say like a hundred bucks a semester. I was going to say seventy-nine bucks a semester. Where JMU's is like a thousand. Right. That would be hard to sell Montana as we're trying to like turn this big ship of attendance issues to be like, hey, <laughs> thousand a semester for athletics. Yeah. No. Go. That would never. It wouldn't ever, work. It wouldn't ever work. Happen. Oh my God! It's seventy-seven dollars a semester. Oh, hey, Whoa. huge! You knew Price it. is right. Yeah, that's not much money. Can you guys guess what the the tuition cost is for an in-state student? Thirty-two hundred. Brent, in-state, in-state tuition. Yeah. The, $3,200. No, uh, thir- I was thinking thirty seven fifty. Two thousand seven hundred and fifty seven dollars for tuition. Yeah, that'd be hard to be like one third is athletic fee. Yeah. So $77 times $4,500 equals $346,500. Double it. Yeah. I mean, that's a $700,000 shortfall that you've got to make it up with. We my, need to, my dumb face in the stadium. You, you guys need to drink more beer at the, at the GSA tailgate. Maybe they should sell beer in the stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like, I mean, you know, the the we've talked about this. So I had some interaction with this on Twitter, like the successful quarterback club, where it went from less than 150 members to this year pushed over 500. And so, um, God, I should pull that email because Colson had emailed. I mean, quarterback club this year did – did some some great numbers, and so it, it was 1.1 million to uh, quarterback club with 146 new members this year. And so, um, you know, there's other avenues that uh, at least the football team has found um, not the most equitable across all of athletics, but it does help our program. So there's good things there happening as well too. So it's not all doom and gloom, but it is interesting just to see how stuff is moving differently. Yeah. Is that all we got? I don't know. I don't even know. I... Do you need to sign your name on some more letters here, Mike? Or answer. <laughs> um, I... So I was gonna. There's something I was gonna throw in here earlier. Are you good? Go listen okay. to the pod from a few weeks ago. It just needs yeah. to be more exciting. Like I don't need to. It say doesn't the same need, yeah, we don't need to repeat again. ourselves. So, uh, so there's been a lot of. Th- I think just a quick point that we can just kind of head off. Mike, you had mentioned, I mean, I think some of us are expecting maybe a retirement or a few. The big thing, the the big thing that I would really like to see the staff try to solve my worry. And again, this is a fan worry and I will readily admit I could be 100% wrong here. And I don't know this dynamic. We have two offensive coordinators, two, two coaches that have been uh, 
are or have been offensive coordinators, and we have a consultant who is an offensive coordinator, and we have a head coach who definitely has an involvement in the offense, um, offensive play calling. Four guys. And I know Fenn's not, Fennessey's not on the headset in games, right? I don't think a consultant can be. But I just really worry about that proverbial too many cooks in the kitchen. And I don't know how you solve that. Maybe they can. But the thing I really worry about, like we talk about the lack of an offensive identity, are we a zone read? Are we a finesse team? Are we a power team? Are, do, we, do we change identity of what this offense is by weekly, by opponent? Like, it's, it didn't work well this year. Um, it had worked better with healthy quarterbacks, but it, it's just it's hard to see other programs have a top-to-bottom identity. When touchdown Tommy goes out, Sean Chambers comes in and, and puts his name on the, the damn Peyton list after two games. Um, Idaho won a game or two without Giovanni McCoy. Uh, Sack rotates quarterbacks. You know, I mean, it's like so. Um, I think teams, other teams, play through quarterback health issues. Why can't Montana? And then, so like, this is the big thing that I look at. It's like, I I really feel like from a fan perspective, I I worry that there's just too much of a too much of a jam at this level, where you've got a wide receiver coach that is assistant head coach and a former OC. And you've got an OC that's quarterback coach, and you've got a consultant that used to be an OC, and you've got a head coach that also is involved in playing calls. How do those four come together and not allow egos, past experience, knowledge, etc., to, like, flow smoothly? Because my fear, my, my thought is, is ba- especially based on these last few seasons, it, it's not. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. So... And it's, that's like the thing where this is my hope is that they can analyze this where it's like Bobby's head coach, whoever the offensive coordinator is, that's the guy. And then from there, you're more focused on receivers, quarterbacks, whatever. You kind of move more to – you go back to like that position coach kind of guy because I don't think we feel like we have the same issue. And I'm just sticking to the offensive side now with Justin Green at running backs and Bryce Erickson at tight ends. Like I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think – those two guys are sitting there like bringing a past experience as an OC, like trying to like supersede or overtake or undermine or anything. (coughs) None of this could be going on. So I'm just speaking a total hypothetical, but that's my biggest worry on the offensive side. Also. And if, if you've got multiple vectors of input into the system and it's not working, it kind of feels like it'd be hard to make a point a point change yeah if you're like no th- this person needs to be removed but they're only contributing half the recipe right. or a third of the recipe yeah you know like how, how would you know it's a it's a um you know this person failure or that person failure if they all have a part to play in let's say scheme yeah i mean so you know bobby gets his scouting plan from fantasy and then is it just, you know, and then it's just like, okay, in the current system, okay, Rosenbach, build it and go. So you've got one OC telling another OC, like, what, the, you know, and then and then it's like, okay, and then take it to Pease, who is an OC as well, too. I just, I, I worry that it's just, that's not flowing. Yeah. And again, I could be completely wrong. Like, someone from within could come back and be like, actually, you're, you're wrong. It's the opposite. Uh, so I'll readily admit that, but that is my that is my big worry. I mean, I I think I said this weeks ago. I have a hard time being like, hey, that guy, fire that guy. 
like he sucks he's the worst get rid of him or whatever just put kick this guy out on the street or whatever but i would hope that it does feel like i would wonder if especially in that side is where that alignment needs to be adjusted analyzed because i don't know i just i can't imagine you tell someone who's been off three three different individuals that have been offensive coordinators for a better half of their coaching career to be like you have this one job and don't move outside of it maybe i'm wrong um if our options are those three i can't believe i'm going to say this out loud they should let fenn call the offense yeah i'm with you his offense at Idaho State were always interesting. They didn't have the consistent talent that they could potentially have here. They often found better QBs and at least one better receiver. Yeah. And they were fun when it worked. I and mean, you had an identity when we were here before, when he was here before, too. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to run when he was here before. I want to run what they ran <laughs> when he was head coach at Idaho State. Fair. So we will have to see. Defensively, it seems more scheme. And I don't know. I know I went on a tweet storm about Brandon Fisher kicking ass at Tennessee State. And someone pointed out to me, Brandon Fisher, when he was at Southern Utah, it was not great. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Like somebody was saying, get Andy Thompson back. And then somebody else is like, they just gave up 66 points. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, yeah. Andy Thompson, if he goes to Troy Taylor, he's not coming back here. I tell you what. But um, yeah. we've talked about offseason. We talked about recruiting. We've talked about the other coaches in the Big Sky, the hires. Yeah. Um, I'm worried the Cats are going to win the national championship. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You can talk about it if you want. Look, yeah, just Chris fans, prepare yourself. It's probably happening. That two QBs, like, they got that for another year. Like, yeah. I, that's hard. Maybe with an offseason and some film study, we'll, all these teams can figure it out. But if both those guys are healthy, I don't know how you prepare for that. Well, South Dakota State fans say he's not as good as the Holy Cross kids, so they'll be fine. We'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer. You know, me neither. All right, man. Okay, what do you want to talk about, Michael? Well, I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm preparing for a transition. I'm putting Gosh, a bow on things. I like this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, is there anything else? about the Grizz season that we need to talk about. Malik Flowers sets there we go. an FCS record. Yep. Ties as part of. We'll, we'll miss him. He was fun greatest, to watch. Greatest kick returner as a Grizz ever. Hard to argue. Um, do you guys think Justin Ford's going to the NFL? I do. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's getting drafted. We'll just have to see how pro day, combine, et cetera goes. But I do. I, I somebody pointed out to me that he'd be more pro prepared if the coaches let him play a little bit more safety this year, which was an interesting observation. But we'll see. I remember. Tremaine, I hope so. I, Tremaine had to do that ass. too. Tremaine really had to be like, "Hey, I'll play anywhere. You put me in the slot. You put me in safety. I'm ready." Yeah. yeah. Um. The only other person is. <sighs> Of the seniors is like Mitch Roberts. Like, what a good dude. He turned out to be better as a wideout than I thought he would. Yeah. Just consistent. Uh, he was so consistent. Um, Marcus Wellnow. Patrick O'Connell. Patrick O'Connell. Yeah. Man, talk about a guy that developed into something awesome. Patrick O'Connell. That kid was playing baseball. Yep. In middle of nowhere, North Dakota, right? Yep. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're going to get to a lot more of the what does the future hold and the uh, questions we're about to start answering. So, most likely, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and oh, really quick, do you guys? So you guys think Fonts, White, Bergen at wide receiver next year? Who's the? I mean, who's the kid that transferred from UW and got hurt? Um, yeah, I mean, he'll be in the mix. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I'm blanking his name out. Um. Uh, number four from Bozeman. Simpson. 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 I think he'll be in the mix. I bet they'll bring in a transfer there. I mean, and yeah. I bet we'll lose one of those guys. That would be my guess. Yeah, Bergen in the slot. If no. I don't, I'm, that's not like I know something. I just yeah, no, wow. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Uh, well, and then there's their uh, Wazoo kid or uh, Verstrady or something. Who came in? Yeah. So it's not loading this now, but. I think we'll be all right at wide receiver. I think uh, it's going to be some newer guys that had a handful of reps, but uh, hopefully they can they can shine. And then Forbes, McGinnis, back. yeah, Walker Brand- is the only guy. Brandon Casey will be back, and Grimsrud and Brown. Grimsrud and Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you feel like that group could take a step. Bet we'll be a, see a transfer there too. Tight end's interesting, like Grossman at third it's, team all conference. Like it's hard to know what we have with the tight ends. I don't, I don't know what's we don't, I don't know what's behind them. him. Yeah. Like Elwell's still around, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. But I mean it's like Rensvold. They also Rensvold played, played the NDSU game. Yeah. We hadn't seen Rensvold on Holy, the field. Did he? Yeah, he played I a ton. Miss that. They but played like, Barker a lot. But then didn't. And then I think Olsen got hurt. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in that with that position once you get behind Grossman. Okay. And I think it's probably frustrating in that room, maybe just because Grossman was so underused. And beyond that, I just I don't know what that group looks like. Yeah. If you're glorified blockers and nothing else, or if you can legitimately be part of the passing game. Well, let's get ready to go to listener questions. But before we do that, let's do it. But why don't you? Tell our loyal listeners a little bit about your idea for <clears throat> our my idea our show that we'd like to do before the end of the year. Yeah, I'll timestamp this. Bam. But I mean, you know, so, we we always come through well with the post post season oh, yeah. wrap up promises. <laughs> We're super good with follow up, yeah. right, guys? <clears throat> well, we've been talking about this, and we really want to like hopefully try to put something together. We had we had a lot of fun success when um, we we had Schmidt on, and we. Uh, streamed uh, on Twitch and so what we were talking about doing was something where we do a live stream pod maybe in a location that is not Mike's dining room <laughs> where I think it's safe to say we, we, we want to do a pod at Paradise Paradise where we can plug this board in so if you want to actually come hang with us you can or pull up a, a web link through StreamYard or something like that, or we're, where you can we're uh, to give that a try. Where you can interact live with us. And what we talked about doing was getting, um, you know, making it a little less of a doom and gloom type pod. But we, uh, you know, we bring in maybe that's maybe that's when we get Kent Haslam on for fifteen twenty minutes or something, and we get Malik Flowers and Mitch Roberts and some of these other seniors and maybe a couple former players and things like that. And we kind of have some fun with it. And maybe it's a maybe it's a fan interactive heavy one, you know, where we really you know get a ton of questions and we 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 uh, we go big on that and, and have some fun with it. So that's what we're talking about, John. We're trying to figure out a date. 
maybe i don't know we don't have one yet we but, don't have one but we're hoping that we can announce something and you know have a have an evening where uh all you you know everyone who's you know been listening to the pod downloading the pod taking part of it talking to us about it, talking to your friends about it you uh maybe get a chance where you can pull up a link be a part of it as we're recording it and then download it again let's do it a second time or something but uh <laughs> but then also you know have some more interactive have some interaction maybe we'll get some of our you know regular guests on here as well too and uh, i think we could have a lot of fun with it we you know, we've added in this capability of we can zoom people in so we don't need to have like a line of live guests but uh i think we i think we could do this mike knows we can do this we just need to find a day yeah i i, I we're, we're we're aiming for that week before christmas yeah um the Grizz play Gonzaga Tuesday, so that seems like probably not a great time to do it. Yeah. Depending on who we want to be on the show. But, like, you know, Riley will be gone. I would imagine Kent and Greg will be there. Yeah, yeah so for like, sure. It's Gonzaga, you know. yeah. Um, then the ladies play Gonzaga on Wednesday. So got to kind of feel that through. So we're aiming for that week. but Maybe between know. Christmas and New Year's, yeah. too. It's a little, that's kind of a quiet week for a lot of us, too. So. But Luke, when do you? Because you you've got a little back and forth you do too. So we're, we we got to try to figure. Yeah, this out. yeah. My schedule's a little unknown at the moment. Okay. Around that so time, it, depending on it, my brother's schedule, it sure. could leak into January. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so that that's the big hope that next time you uh, have an opportunity to listen to Grizz Fan Pod, it's going to be a fun live situation where we do a mix of guests and fans and players and. Yeah, we would love to hear from as many of you as possible. Yeah. If you regularly regularly listen, want to chime in, say something you've always wanted to tell us or ask a question, yeah. make an observation or comment, we'd love to hear from every one of you if, if possible. Yeah, yeah. Set it up paradise. People come hang out or just pull up the link because I know we've got a lot of listeners that aren't here in Missoula but all across Montana. So that's the plan. Uh, Mike's mom will show up for the first 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> if James is there, yeah, she probably will. <laughs> so uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll uh, most likely through the Twitter handle um, is going to be the primary communication source moving forward when it comes to announcing that. And uh, we'll do our best to get the word out. So uh, I know we have uh, thousands of listeners. Uh, just keep an eye on our, our Twitter page as we uh, get ready to make those announcements. Uh, so hopefully you can uh, be part of our live show. You don't need a Twitter account to pull us up. It's at GrizzFanPod, and uh, you can just pull up Twitter and or type in GrizzFanPod, comma Twitter into your favorite search engine, and you'll most definitely find us. So we'll do our best to get an announcement out so as many people as possible know when the live show is going to hit. You ready for questions? Sure, why not? Okay, Mike. In your words, rank from first to last the coaches you would fire and how you'd tell them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, okay, so on Twitter, uh, Kelly Patrick is just wondering, how does the current staff address issues in recruiting and media relations? I think we kind of touched on the recruiting side of it. Media relations? I, 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 I mean, I think they handle media relations exactly how they want to handle yeah. media relations. I just think, and I talked about this a lot a couple of weeks ago, with the position that the university is in, every touch, every communication to the public matters. Yeah. And our approach from our two head coaches of the most popular sports doesn't seem to match that. Uh, yeah. 
Johnny Metropolis, what is the biggest difference between the Big Sky Conference in 2009 and the Big Sky Conference today? Is it facilities? Is it recruiting? Is it coach and player development, play calling? Uh, despite what Coach Houck said in his initial press conference, it has changed. I don't, in the late 2000s, I think the Big Sky, granted playoffs were smaller than two, but we were usually sending like two teams, not three or four or five my knowledge yeah and it was a different there were 16 teams not 20 whatever four but still not that that it was a different conference programs added facilities montana slowed a little bit through that um a lot of other programs catch up we've talked about this before as well too like it's no secret. I mean, this coaching staff runs things a little bit more old school. Kids change. Sometimes it's it's more attractive to go be the outward, always talked about great big star at Eastern Washington than to be just another guy in the ranks at Montana, as just an example. Uh-huh. And some kids really respond to that. A lot of kids, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um... Okay, Corey Vleek is asking about coaching changes. I think we've talked about that. Uh, is next year's starting quarterback on the roster? 50-50? I think 50-50. I, I hope it's a competition. I honestly think Britt could be that guy. I think he's a gamer. Yeah. He's also going to be a sophomore. Maybe he's not a gamer until he's a junior. I mean, you got to bring someone in. As much as I hate that, you got to bring someone in. Yeah. So... Um, Sean Peja is saying, given that the Grizz are preseason favorites and had the season they had, what would the conversation with Bobby sound like if you were Kent Haslam? So I don't think that with a coach like Bobby, and I mean, you're not going to come in and throw this guy out of the curb and the people talking about that. Like, that's, that's not how the world works. That's not how a guy who's been successful here mm-hmm. is going to work. That's not how Montana works. So I think it's like, what do we think went wrong? And what are we going to do to fix it? Yeah. Like, you're a detailed guy. You always have a plan. What's the plan? Let's hear it. Yeah. Right? And I guess maybe in that conversation, if in that conversation that's not out of the public, if if how can't acknowledge some of the issues, then maybe you got a problem, but I would be shocked. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Hauk is self-aware to understand that there, was, there were problems uh, inside the coaching scheme and philosophy and execution. Yeah. Uh, Silver Tip Nation, I think we kind of touched on it. It was just bringing up Jace Lewis's tweet and maybe where the truth lies in it. I think we touched on that pretty darn well. Uh, Johnny Claxton was saying, give us the championship percentages for the four remaining teams, please. And don't say 0% for Incarnate Word. So Incarnate Word goes North Dakota State. Montana State goes to South Dakota State. I mean, I, my guess is I think we are staring down a rematch of last year. And I would say, you know, if it's Cats versus NDSU, just this Cat offense is better insulated They're against different losing team than Tommy last from last yep. year. And I would say 60-40 favorites over NDSU. Um, I would say of the four, honestly, I think South Dakota State, may, maybe I've just not that's the first time I watched them. I was super unimpressed with that team. Um, and I know they beat NDSU and NDSU, so maybe I should just get off like uh, 
just the, the impression of one game, but they couldn't stop a running quarterback. They gave up 200 plus yards to a running QB. And um, I think they're going to lose the Cats the bad. The Cats have two running QBs. <laughs> and I think, I think they would lose to both Incarnate Word and North Dakota State. I think they're probably the, the least odd. I think Incarnate oh. is the weird one because they're the, they're the weird offense. They're bad defense. They're a bad defense. But it's like, in theory, if they get stuff cooking and going, they could answer every single score. So they're they're the one. I just don't know how to. I would I would say Cats one, North Coast State two, Incarnate three, South Coast State four. See, I think I think MSU. If I had to break down between the four teams, yeah, forty percent chance of winning okay. the national championship game. Yeah, yeah, because. NDSU is opposite. I think they're they're thirty five percent chance okay. of winning it. South Dakota State has a great opportunity to win their game. Twenty percent chance, yeah. and then Incarnate Word five percent. Okay, like okay. if you play that game twenty times, they're gonna win once. Is my sense. Yeah. That's where I get five percent. Gotcha. I, I think I think the cats are the prohibited favorite. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to set the bar really high, so it's <laughs> funny when they fail. But <laughs> no, this is not I I think they it's have, more of a sick fear where I just I've kind of started to accept that I think that they could win the national championship. Yeah, absolutely. Their run game looks so good. And they, they got a font and Fonse back, Fonse and I'm like back. Oh who gives a shit? Because every one of the running backs is averaging like six yards a carry. Yeah. Like and you just added like when healthy, probably the best running back of the conference. Like, oh hey, here, just put him out here for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm fresh. Now. Yeah. Great. Mike, any any big differential in opinion there? No. No. Uh Aaron Held brings up just uh more comments on it hope that there's some legitimate coaching changes, personnel, uh, or just mindset. Kyle Hansen asks, Who is your favorite guest and conversation topic and why was it me and the Olive Garden? Thank you. I like having Kyle on. I know, no, I really enjoy his engagement that he's he is sticking with this. Absolutely. Do you think at some point in time he's gonna turn on the Olive Garden, but he's got he's picked this lane so hard? <laughs> I don't know, I feel like Just, he's oh, pretty locked in on that. Like he's a, he's a, you know, young adult. Like, it's like people say like Skip Bayless doesn't believe half the shit that he says. Is is that Kyle like with his Olive Garden take? If the Olive Garden ever wait, do we have an? I can't no. remember. We don't have one here. No. We no. covered this with in his. Yeah, near some but if they piano. ever come here, I feel like they should get him to be some sort of like spokesman. Spokesman, <laughs> like on the side. cut the ribbon yeah. outside. Give him the big scissors. Uh, okay, so Ken Thompson was asking if we have any information on the Montana heated benches being sent over to the Cats game. Uh, seemed to cause an issue for some people. Um, hey, I hope I hope we got like a, a couple grand out of that. Yeah, deal. hell yeah! Come they, on, I assume they probably paid for it. I hope we didn't just give it to them. Not you know. Yeah, that was great. Ken also asked if we expect to see a drop in quarterback club membership. Yeah, I think yeah, but not in the sense that everyone's like boosters are going to be like double birds to this season, and you, Bobby, and I'm out. I think. You're facing more just kind of a economic changes as well too, where suddenly maybe you know you're gonna reassess that donation. I think it's still gonna stay strong. It's like I think someone had asked me, "Oh, if you get fed up enough, are you gonna quit QB Club?" 
at this point, I have no desire to do so because QB Club is money that supports this program to help succeed. And it's like I recognize at some point statements need to be made. I don't think we're anywhere near having to do something like that. Um, and I said this on Twitter as such as well, too. It's like if I have a complaint or a gripe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it direct to staff. I'm not going to... I'm not going to take away funds that uh, then hurt the kids in the program even more. So um, I could see some changes in QB Club for sure. Economical regions, locally, globally, whatever, et cetera. We'll just have to see. But um, I would hope it remains strong. Uh, they've done great things growing it. I think we've talked about this before. Your QB Club membership is much more inclusive and beneficial than it has ever been in terms of your experience and what you get out of it. So I would hope it stays strong, but I could see you know some potential changes. But I feel like they're really well prepared to continue to make the quarterback club experience top notch. So I have very strong confidence in the individuals that are running that and taking part of it. Myself, I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's. I think I am not sure that they drop because I feel like they are getting better and better at a, a mobile product, and yeah. if they can figure that out. And honestly, we're messing around with StreamYard. Maybe StreamYard's a better product for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I think they can only get better at trying to create chapters in other towns. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, okay. Um, multiple points from Matt Colby, Philip Reed. Um, kind of talking about just the growing gap and falling behind when it comes with Montana State when it comes to recruiting when it comes to um, just universities and programs, Philip Reed actually brings out is enrollment a bigger symptom uh, that we're, uh, uh, is enrollment a bigger issue? Uh, I think we kind of touched on that a little bit as well too. I mean, I mean, enrollment is and has been a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, enrollment is uh, was up at UM this yeah. fall. Yeah. And down at MSU. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Michael. I heard this I heard this from a faculty senate member. What a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like great. So their enrollment's down from like thirty two million and ours is up to ten thousand one hundred and thirteen. Like listen, it's awesome that our enrollment's listen, up. Listen, I Mike. think we should focus on us and forget about them. Like we should stop They're not the measuring comparing. Stick. They're not the measuring stick. We should focus on us. And you agree, because you said it before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty wants to know what your top three moments are from the season. Is this Marty Morningwood? No. Damn. <laughs> what are your top three Marty Morningwood comments from the season? Mm. Top three ones. I loved the playoff oh, game. I'll put it out there. That's loved the playoff game. Um, I love the third quarter of the playoff game. Yeah. Selfishly, our our. Uh, um, preseason pod with Riley where James sat down and like started quoting us <laughs> so uh, great. the football almanac his grandpa got him <laughs> was one I won't soon forget um, my, you were on the field this year Mike yeah for the Idaho game and we lost <laughs> um, that SEMO game was so fun I mean the comeback was a blast the snow globe Cal Poly, that was great. a blast. Um, my funny pod story, I feel like I've maybe mentioned this before, but I have a client who 
was either near Weibo, Montana, or talking to people from Weibo, Montana, who listened to the pod, and he had a, like a real surreal conversation talking to them about real estate in Missoula. <laughs> and they were like, who's your realtor? And I was like, well, like, you don't know him. And <laughs> Brent Wahlberg, you know, and they're like, yeah, we know who he is. We listen to the Grizz Fan Pod. And he called me and he's Shout like, out I was to talking to these guys from Weibo I, about the Grizz Fan Pod. We, I have a great story about Weibo's this Weibo's strong, baby. <laughs> so, well, actually, I have two. Yeah. I was in Wardens today sneaking um, a quick, get a th- quick thing of soup in between city council committee meetings. And um, AK Grizz comes in. Are you Mike Nugent? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Chris Rampel's like great, yeah. awesome. Um, uh, there's another one, and I didn't get the name of the listener, but um, somebody who works at the city, um, you know, higher up guy, great guy. Um, I was sitting next to a meeting. He said, "I learned that you have a podcast." <laughs> and I was laughing. I was like, "Yeah, it's like you know, it's my release. We do it Sunday nights. Buddies come over, we drink some beers." And he said, "Yeah, I was at the playoff game." And um, I think he said his friend came to town. So it was the first game he went to this year, but he's a fan. And this friend from, I think, Idaho um, had his kids with him. They went on the field and stuff like that after the game. But the friend was telling him about (laughs) the pod that he listens to. (laughs) And I don't exactly know how the connection was made, although we make enough references to, you know, the city that it's probably not that complicated. Sure. but I forgot to ask him who that friend was. So, ah. hey, if that was you, thanks for introducing us to another uh, another person out there. Um, <laughs> this guy at the city then said, I went and looked for it, but your your latest episode was four hours, and I just <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> and I told him, each hour gets worse, so just you know, turn it off when you're done. <laughs> I always have a few students find the pod every year. And they're like, we recognized your voice. Like, we knew it was you. That's always kind of fun. That's hilarious. That's awesome. I know we have a lot of cat fans that listen to the pod. Yeah. I would like to think that the cat fans that listen, if they truly listen regularly, understand that we're pretty rational. Of course we're Grizz fans. We get wrapped up in it. We want the Grizz to be better than they've been. So sometimes you look at it with a lens like that. But, you know, when the cats are good, we acknowledge it. And... Um, you know, I don't think that we're the fan that some of these cat fans like to think we are, but who knows? Yeah. We can be one week out of the year, at least I sure. That's the way it goes. Yeah. We were all Troy Anderson fans, hundred percent. And I'm we a Tommy all covet fan. Tommy Malott. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you won't like get after me to that say, game when Tommy was like, "Hey, be nice to them." I was on the other side. I was like, "Damn it, he's like such a responsible, smart, intelligent answer. He's such a good kid." I you mean you can say so things in the media that get you positive? Uh, Weird. 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 <laughs> Weird. Uh, Marty and also then Luke Rounds just ask about kind of a comment that we'd made earlier, uh, Mike, that you an observation you made earlier about the amount of turnover with coaches and how we face them next. We face their former teams next year and if that will be beneficial to Montana. Could be. They helped us against the Cats last year. Not this year. Nick Larkin, what is the most slept on or underrated or not talked about meal in Missoula right now? I don't know. I'll tell you that after the playoff game, I went to Flippers for the first time. (laughs) And then the first time. The first time, right? And I was so intrigued. It was late at night. And so we had beers. Grill wasn't open. So I went back for lunch. We went with Kyle. On, uh, yeah. Uh, Monday. It was great. So there's that. It was a good um, burger. It was a good burger. It was a good burger. They have great burgers. 
Oh man, this is a that's a tough one. I like Pagoda on uh, right by the right by the Orange Street exit. Oh, I've never been there. Yeah, Chinese food, it's good. Yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah. That that type of food, but um I had a buddy get catfished once and um <laughs> Of course you did. <laughs> the background story oh. was that this six foot Chinese woman was working at Pagoda and he he kinda fell for it. Um and I was like, dude, there's no way this woman's real. She's like, no, she's texting me right now. Oh, no. And that was, I was like, she's, do you want to go to Pagoda right now? There's not, yeah, like a supermodel six <laughs> foot Chinese woman working there. Oh, my God. Um, I, okay. I, my only like. thing is, I think even though it is renowned in a lot of circles, you never hear anyone talk about the JJ special. At the Oxford. Oh. If you need to go from like hammered to sober, just that <laughs> it's the 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 gravy has some ability to just pull alcohol from your bloodstream <laughs> and bind it with the fattiness of that gravy. It's delicious. I this is safe space, right? Oh yeah. Uh, it's just us and very safe. Two thousand of your friends. <laughs> I've never eaten at the Oxford. What? Mm. Mm. Yeah, really? Yeah. And I I've went only, to the Oxford I, after I've the only, uh, GSA Wine Fest, and I've only eaten at Charlie B's like once. Didn't you work I've only across the B's street from times. there once? No. Weren't That's you at no. Faruqi's DJ? Oh, well, okay, yeah, okay. That worked. They're open all night. You finish your DJing at Faruqi's, and you, you load go, your shit up, yeah. and then you Walk go get the street, never yeah. eaten there. Never. Huh? Well. Maybe that's where we do the live pod and stuff. JJ special. JJ special. It's pretty good. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm taking my belt off because it hurts. It's <laughs> been a long day. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But our last Twitter question, Tater Sloan, is wondering: Now the season is over, can we start planning the first annual Grizz Fan Pod Golf Tournament? I'm sure we could find more than a few sponsors from listeners. Proceeds go to an NIL deal for the long snapper or backup quarterback of choice of the Grizz Fan Pod. Let's make it happen. I'm all for any NIL deal that people can put together. Oh, my God. I, I don't know how hard it is to put on a golf tournament. But Depending on easy to hard. It can be easy. I, it can be easy. I've got to... you got to string a block at tee times. And you just build teams and you go. Dude, we should... Put prizes on the hole. We should try to do this. You could totally do it. And like whatever, we can have like the UM what, course. What if it Help raises two thousand dollars? And we're like, hey, here's a two thousand dollar NIL deal for <laughs> long snapper. All right. Well, I we, lo- we, I, first of all, I love that fortunately idea. Fortunately, we have time to figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. Okay, hopping over to um, Mike's favorite place, Eagles. Um First question is: Is why don't we have a dedicated recruiting director? The answer is. We do. So. And um, we don't know if they're keeping eyes on us because Luke's got some eligibility left, but he follows us. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. I, I don't have. I couldn't do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I played basketball this week. You're our only hope, Luke. Dude, I, I played hoops this week, and a bunch of Grizz football players were, were there. Yeah. 
off you know, season, off right? Season. Play basketball again in the and, rec center. Um, what, what's his name? Good, the offensive lineman. Um, oh yeah, Kevin. No, Kevin. Good. Yeah, yeah, he was out there, and I was just like, he that dude is. So, he was so. Yeah. And he's not even like the biggest offensive no, lineman we have. Like, huge. He was so big and unmovable. I'm like, I don't think this is the sport would be for me in truth. I, I know why I didn't play yeah. like as an undergrad. Uh, MT Grizz uh, says a common thread of discontent is that Montana never develops a quarterback. Uh, so his question is, is, should we as fans and a program be willing to endure a four and seven season uh, if we committed to a young quarterback and developed him uh, via the school of hard knocks. That's a straw man argument. That's a bunch of BS. Yeah. I mean, you don't play quarterbacks if they're not ready to play. Right. But the idea that no freshman or sophomore QBs are ready to play in the big sky has been debunked Idaho, several years in a row now. Montana State. I mean, there's a lot of young guys. Portland State. Yeah. So the idea but that we would have to sit through for no, if they're if yeah. they're not playing well enough that we go for then we had other problems. You don't start that kid. Would you take that hypothetical universe though? We don't have to. So would That's you not say the question, Mike? Yeah. I make the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I am the captain now. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain. Alabama Grizzly. <laughs> oh my God. Alabama Grizzly has a lot of questions. Um, he's looking at uh, next year's unbalanced schedule and points out that both Grizz and Weber have a pretty easy path to winning the conference. Um, he also asks, is Bobby a grade A narcissist? <laughs> I'm not a psychological... Yeah. I, I don't have the credentials to diagnose. I don't think that Bobby is a narcissist at all. I think Bobby is firmly committed to playing the persona he thinks is best suited to lead the football team. Agreed. Like, I think that he feels... That the leader of the football team should be this tough, no nonsense. They don't want to be here. They're not here. I think that he is playing the role that he thinks is best to play. Yeah. And so I don't think it's narcissism. I think he genuinely believes that this is the approach that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I don't know if it's a role. I think I think that he's being himself. And what that is is like very winning football coach. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I can't true. argue with the results. Yeah. All right, um, I can. You, you know the Idaho I mean, and the Weber games. I I argued with those a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, I wouldn't argue that. I mean, there's nothing to argue. We lost and we should have been better. We got out coached. Um, that's just like like the conundrum of the whole thing. It's like, I mean, Nebraska faced this with Bo Pelini, right? Whereas like winning records, but a couple games each year that just yeah. frustratingly did not get you to that level of expectation. And obviously, and there's other examples too where, um, I mean, well, it took them a bit and, and some changes, but like Michigan or some of these other programs had to continue to make coaching changes 
even in the face of winning seasons, to get to that next level as well, too. So, yeah. I, I also think Bobby's supremely confident. And you Absolutely. need... It, you know, you need a confident person to be your head coach. You can't have indecision. No, leadership needs to be decisive. Yeah, like the, it's yeah. like you know, we're in this world where where we somehow pretend it's not. But no, I mean, you are the guy. You are the head coach. It needs to be decisive. All right. Um, a couple questions on lack of uh, transfer portal news so far. I think we kind of touched on that. Uh, Grizz Ghost wonders if Vegan is building a dynasty like Craig Bull did at MDSU. Um, I don't know, but could he get hired away too? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he's not getting looks this year. I do think he will get looks next year. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Um, you know, and his, his, his pre-Montana State resume is not as impressive as like Troy Taylor's because Troy Taylor went and was the OC at Utah for a little while, so it's a little bit different. He's not going to make that type of a jump, but yeah, yeah. He's going to be a hot commodity, I think, especially two national title trips. If he gets back, I mean, if, how could he not, not be? Yeah. Um, Grizz Native Twenty Four asks about. He's wondering our thoughts on the current state of the FCS. Um, of course, there's a recent Four Hundred Six Sports article where. Kent Haslam pointed out that he's a big fan of the current FCS. And then, of course, there's the the story that had kind of hit where the WAC and the, the A-Sun is planning a uh, – building a plan to move up as a whole conference in the FBS. Granted, there's some challenges that they're going to face doing that as well, too. So our thoughts on the FCS as a whole. I don't know. I mean, there's always new teams that emerge and fill these gaps. Incarnate word. Where did they come from? Yeah. Um, so, like, I get a little bit lost with the all the good teams are gone because, by virtue, good teams step in and replace them on some level because those guys are still recruiting and need to play like this level of player. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it is interesting because, like, the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley were clearly the two best conferences. And, you know, we could have had almost as much fun if we just took the top six from each conference and did a freaking postseason, (laughs) you know, right there and be a legitimate national champion. Now that wouldn't be fun over the long haul, but I don't know. I just, I don't know where we, where we go or what we do. That's our challenge up here. I mean, I think... You look at the more successful move-ups that we are readily familiar with, and a lot of them, almost all of them, are East Coast. And you're just population density, easier easier travel, larger campuses. I think you got a lot of things that it's just, it's tougher to be out West just because, you know, at Georgia Southern, you've got a lot of options. In Appalachian State, you've got a lot of nearby options that you can probably manage your budget a lot better even just at the level of travel and fan engagement and things like that. It just it gets tougher out here. It always has been, and it always will be. Yeah, if that's those are issues you, you just can't solve. Like, what what's nice about when Boise State moved up is there's how many hundreds of thousand people in the Treasure Valley? Yeah, like half a million, right? Yeah, like... If not more. They, they, yeah. can, they can put 60,000 
butts in a stadium, you know, when they're when they're good. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, corporate sponsorship there, the money's so much higher. Or there, there's so much more money in population centers, right? right? Corporate sponsors for FBS level football programs or athletics programs is is higher. Um, and then when we interviewed Bobby a couple years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah. He mentioned how like mon, you know people aren't having as many kids, and a lot of like these big ass offensive linemen we used to get were Eastern Montana boys. Yeah, he goes, you just don't have them anymore. They're just not around. And I also think that. Presently, and you know that's an issue. Sure, and it will, would be exasperated. Uh, th- that problem would be amplified if we went to the FBS. Like we just don't have very many Montana-grown people. Sure, sure. That could play FBS football. Not as you know. We have less, way less. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before, and it was you know the whole snowbelt thing. I would love to be in some sort of conference like that, just because the competitive nature of it. But a lot of things at FBS too. It's a lot of it's TV money, right? And so you've got to be in major markets that care. Portland State is in a major market, but nobody gives a shit about Portland State. Sac State has had a nice year. They cracked the top ten of attendance, but I just don't see the city of Sacramento rallying behind Portland State like. Missoula does like Bozeman does like Moscow does like maybe even Flagstaff kind of does or like Weber or Ogden does so it's just like I just don't know if like it's a town that builds an identity around their college team so it's like your major market your major markets in your conference right now don't care and mm-hmm. you know it's that's it's got to be a major factor to that move up I would love to see something and then the other thing too is like there's so many changes happening at the FBS level um Power Five, all these things like this. Just what does it look like on the other end? Mike, you suddenly seem to have some big. I'm just. I, I've just been doing a lot of Streamyard work over here for the last few <laughs> minutes. Uh, mm. um, and and we Live Chris Pod's Fan happening. Pod now has a YouTube channel that is linked to Streamyard. No contact on it yet, but you know, hey, we are one step closer to being able to do this. <laughs> this is for real. Um, yeah, you know. I don't know how much StreamYard costs, so maybe we should, you know, start a. Uh, oh what goodness. do they call it? A Pantheon? What are they? Patreon. A Patreon. Patreon. Grizz Fan Pod Patreon. You can run your pod through the Patreon. But then we'd have to do taxes. See, this is where it all gets <sighs> struggled. <laughs> uh, we would show a loss, I'm guessing. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You have to attempt to make money to not show a loss. Look, yeah. the pod buys some real estate, <laughs> shaky market, sell it for a loss, clear gonna, the books. We're going to own some lots in North Carolina and see what happens. <laughs> oh, my God. There's like three listeners to this pod that will totally get that They're going to get that joke. Or it can be like the Ozarks. Like uh, we buy a, uh, a funeral home and we buy a strip club and we buy stuff, you know. Yeah. If, we, if we buy the car wash, you guys should start to wonder. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Chris Van Pot car wash. Um, Indian Coyote just wants to apparently... Will we admit that we were wrong regarding uh, their question about the Grizz giving up over 400 rushing yards to the Bison? Didn't yeah. they give like 398? Uh, I don't know. Oh, so like they didn't get 400. I'll never admit I was wrong. Yeah. Um, does Bobby watch national title game if the cats are in it? 
I mean, some coaches. I mean, Bob Stitt went to all of them. I don't know. I don't know. Because I think all the coaches go to because the awards are like usually the night before as well too, right? Like they come yeah, if you got somebody together. in the, but we don't have anybody we on the finalist list. Yeah. Should Haslam require staff changes before a new contract is offered to Bobby? <laughs> uh, no. No. I don't. I just don't think that's how it works at the University of Montana. Yeah. MT Grizz rule: Do we prefer? Do you prefer a three-four or a four-three? I think I prefer a four-three. For stopping the run, it's a better set, right? With the nature of what FCS is going to, with what's working the most. Uh, <sighs> yeah. On Madden, I always run a four-three. <laughs> That's my answer. We ran a four-three last time I was here. We got to a couple national title games with it. Although we shouldn't be talking about the way things were, right? We say things change. Um, who is this? Grizzer number one says, I love the pod. Um, makes opening a beer the best sound. If you could pick a player to be MVP from the season, who would it be? Choose one from each side and special teams. Well, Flowers, special teams. That one's yeah. easy, Yeah, I think. Although Bergen, you know, the two of them, like they, they sparked some games with some of the stuff they did. So yeah. you know, give that there. Um, defensive MVP. I mean, I, yeah, I, think, I think it's got to be Ford from the standpoint that teams did not throw on him. Was it he allowed like 163 passing yards on his whole side of the field the whole season yeah. or something? Yeah, it's like that's just like and to half, just have somebody shut down that side. Like half of them were on one play against Weber. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Off. So like <laughs> that's true. Shit, I forgot about that. Play. But but you know I mean and it counts against that total. But still like yeah, if it wasn't for one broken play, it's probably a under a hundred yards on yeah. his yeah. side all season. Yep. Offense. I, I I I think you could. I think Ford's the right answer. I think you could maybe make an argument for Governor as well too for just right. two two games. North mm. Coast State, Montana State. Dope. That that's maybe the glaring one where it's like. Uh, but they also didn't pass the ball because they didn't need to in those games. But I think Governor played at an exceptional level as a nose that we've not seen since Alan Science, and that's just when you have that, it just helps so much. So this his speed at his size is. Freaky. What was the thing? We saw this, the quarterback club, where he blows up the reverse, where he tackles the guy pitching the ball and runs right through him and tackles the actual guy catching the ball. I mean, Governor had, like, highlight reel plays almost weekly. And he comes back. So, I don't know. It's kind of more unsung heroes on the defensive side instead of the stat monsters. The Janicaro, the Hauk, the O'Connell, the Wellnell. But I think we had a lot of special guys there, though, too. So Okay, now the hard one, the offense. <sighs> I mean, a healthy Lucas Johnson. Yeah. First five games, what Lucas an Johnson. Overwhelming season, and then on offense. Maybe I mean, could you say? I mean, running backs. It was like we didn't get Nick Osmo the ball, and then you know hurts his shoulder or whatever it was. Could you say something like we? I think the one pleasant surprise across most of the offense was the O-line, how it got 
better through the season and allowed some things to happen. And so is that a McGinnis or Forbes type of look where those two maybe helped form an identity for an O-line that we have been sorely missing for years? But I don't know, like, I don't, I've never heard their grades. Like, do they grade out as good? I assume if McGinnis is the first team all-conference, that's other coaches voting on that. But that seems really weird to vote your left guard as your MVP. Dude, we don't have, we... I don't know if we do. I don't feel obligated to give this award out on the offensive side. Man. It's tough. Good question. Yep. Good question, because I don't have an answer. Okay. Um, More talk on the defense. We've talked plenty on the defense, right? Um, What position has the biggest question mark in 2023? Quarterback. quarterback. (laughs) It will always be quarterback. Yeah. Until we have one. I also, I'm. It's not really clear to me who's who is the starting. Who are our two starting cornerbacks? For sure, Walker. Yeah. And then who's the other one then? Uh, either Whitehead or um, Trevin Grant. Not on the roster. Oh, it really shows on GoGrace.com, So never mind. No, 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 no. I'm saying the starters not on the roster. Oh, I was like, damn. Okay, Mike, just breaking news. You can no. Be right. I'm just yeah. saying that Kazunta yeah. might yeah. be dying. Transfer's coming in, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm going to get a transfer in the Grizz Van Pod. So. Hmm. Wow, that's I, personal. I'm, I'm, I know. So, yeah. Um, Boy, is he kicking you out or me out? Yeah, I mean. God, he, was, he didn't even start this. I was going to say, I'm the addict. <laughs> I'm the least tenured. I should be. I'm the on like the third on episode. <laughs> You probably have more than me now. <laughs> Was James doing the intro before Brent came on? Ooh. I'll ask my mom. Ask your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh Briskies wants to know what we think next year's record in the regular season will be. Here's the rec- here's the schedule quickly. Versus Butler at Utah Tech versus Ferris State. Do we have eleven games or twelve games next year? Eleven. Will be ten and one at NAU. Mike says ten and one versus Idaho State. We're going to be five and zero again. Here we go. And then we go at Davis at Idaho back to back weeks. Oh God. Yeah, I think you're right, Mike. Versus then we go versus UNC. Boy, those are tough games, though. Here I am, Sam. There we go versus UNC versus SAC at Portland versus MSU. Three of our last four are at home. We just finished with the cats. We'll be a, a goddamn powerhouse. I think again. the I think the expectation is ten, is ten and one, and it's like sack is late, and we know it'll be a night game and a new coach at Davis. I'd say eight and three to nine and two. Um, someone wants to know why you guys love Bobby Hawk so much. My relationship with Bobby Houck would be described as enigmatic, <laughs> complicated. We have had uh, someone ask if we can make Andrew Schmidt a regular on the pod. I can't do four-hour pods every week, guys. <laughs> me neither. I, <laughs> I, I think teach, my wife would be too happy with that. I teach at 8 a.m. <laughs> also, the other, comp- the other thing I've heard from a lot of people is that that week we had Andrew and Coulter, like they barely heard us talk. So... I guess this guy's saying less Mike, Luke, and Brent and more. 
um, <clears throat> question. Uh, if we have a feel, a sense of feeling from large boosters around the program, I have no clue. I think. I mean, I, I, I think know. you go to quarterback club, and I think the support is still pretty strong. The support's strong. I know that there are some large boosters who donate to the university that have said what they always say, which is they think having a winning football team is important, and they're making that known. But I don't think that that's like a pressure thing. Yeah. Everett Grizz, what's the best hangover food? Greasy burger or how do you pronounce it? Is it like pho? P-H-O? Pho? Pho. Pho? Is it school? Yeah. Greasy burger. Yeah, yeah I think burger, greasy right? food. Yeah. I tend to think greasy breakfast food. Give me a um, biscuits and gravy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, is anyone else worried about damage to Travis DeCure's vocal cords? He doesn't sound good. <laughs> I've worried that for a few years, yeah. <laughs> if they keep playing like they're playing, he'll, his vocal cords will, will heal. I could use a fun uh, winter, so. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, are you guys skiers or snowboarders? Neither. Skier for me. I would have had you pegged for a snowboarder. I tried it. Wasn't too great at it. In the but skiing, I grew up skiing. In the skiing so. versus snowboarding, I am a shoot hoops in the gym guy. <laughs> I was a flatlander, okay? I, I love was... Montana spring, summer, fall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. What's the, what's the best Christmas movie? Home Alone. Ooh. Hit that fast. James and I love it. I've got Christmas him. Vacation? He likes to watch it every year. We watched it last night. We'll watch it again probably yeah. a few more times. It's Christmas Vacation. For Christmas Vacation is great, liars. too. I've been trying to broaden my Christmas movie because we've been like really locked in on like the same five or six. There was a year where James was obsessed with um, the Polar Express. Oh, that one's bad. The, the one Not with Tom Hanks is like the... Where they got the lifeless eyes. Yeah. yeah. No, that one's kind of scary. We watched that a lot. Yeah. Sorry. Lots yeah. of prayers. Speaking of, did Brad survive Christmas shopping? I don't know. We haven't heard from him. Huh. Brad, let us know. <laughs> is, there, is there some sort of adventure here? <laughs> <laughs> well, he just told us he was worried about it. So. Okay. We haven't heard from him since. We And we also haven't checked on him, so... This right. is us checking on you. Our last question comes from Kyle Sample and Luke. It is for you. If there's a character in The Wire, <laughs> you could compare it to the 2022 Montana Grizzlies. Ooh. Who would it be? Sample told me he was going to watch The Wire. Sample's watched The Wire. Sample and JR on our trip talked about The Wire and then made fun of me for not watching it when it came out. Okay, so here's my rationale here. By the way, for all of our listeners, I love The Wire and would talk to anyone about The Wire ad nauseum if they wanted to. Uh, I'd probably watch it once a year. Once a year. Um, I think the answer here is a guy named Detective Jimmy McNulty. Jimmy McNulty. So Jimmy McNulty um, is a tremendous detective at his best. When he's on his game, he uh, is unbeatable, and I think that's that's the Grizz, right? Like when with a healthy Lucas Johnson, uh, I think this team could beat anyone, mm. including the Cats. I think including NDSU. But you don't get that kind of Jimmy every episode or every season. 
Jimmy's a drunk. <laughs> He's his own worst enemy. <laughs> and he has a lot of down moments, too. Okay. And so I think at his worst, Jimmy, you know, the Grizz were very beatable. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's this internal struggle in Jimmy throughout the season where, like, you know, the... He, he he battles himself. It's a great he, damn answer. <laughs> Our friend uh, Clickspeed Grizzfan twenty four strongly agrees with you. In fact, he said Jimmy McNulty, and there are no other acceptable answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I love it because Clickspeed's like the, one of the smartest. Yeah, I mean, Grizz Twitter yeah. guys out there. So I expect <laughs> nothing less from him. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, my sister texted me, not not my brother Jim, my sister Erin. So, you know, we're getting a, the full whole family in here. <laughs> She's been here before. She said, for the pod, where do each of you stand on supporting the cats next week? She says, as an expat Montanan, I like to see any Montanans doing well, but I worry that makes me a disloyal Grizz, Grizz fan. Please advise. I want Tommy Malott. To score four touchdowns and lose. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I'll take that. I want the, what's that guy's name? Uh, Brody. Grebe. Or Grebe or however Brody Grebe. I, I, want, him know, to, I, I want him yeah. to get five sacks and lose. You know, like, I, I like to see Montana dudes do well because we're going to be neighbors and, you know, acquaintances for the rest of our lives. We'll run into these people mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want their, I want them to perform well. I don't want to see that like when Tanner Bleskin threw like nineteen interceptions. That felt bad. Poor guy. It's gonna be awkward the first time I meet him, you know. And I'm like, oh, you're oh, and we're both gonna That's share you. a half a second of pause where he knows what I'm thinking, you know. Like I don't want that. That's gonna be weird. That's I fair. want these kids to be personally kind of successful. But to go down in flames as a team, it's a tough one because, yeah. like, you want the Montana to be successful, and I, you know, I just I don't know that I'm going to root for anyone. Like, I'll, I'll watch it maybe, and I hope the Montana kids do well and don't get hurt. You know, and if they win it, there's a level where that's awesome for them, but it's not something I want. It's, but it's not like I don't want them to fail, so it's not. It's not anything personal. It's just that I I just don't want them to win the national championship, and I think they're going to. I think it's easier though for like a lot of people, like your sister and many others, where she's probably not living and dying by games and then interacting on Twitter with trolls of other teams and uh, hopping in a, out of. Maybe she is though. Maybe I mean I, she listens to pods. So, so, so maybe I'm wrong here. You know, or she's like you know doing the message board thing and all that stuff like that. Um, where suddenly it's like you recognize the if they win the national title, like we're going to be hearing about this, like this is the Cinderella season, and you will be hearing about this for a long, long, long time. Deservedly so, deservedly so. So I'm not saying to like to, but so it's like then for like those of us that are maybe a little bit more in the thick of it, it'd be like nice to not have to hear about it. But I'm just, yeah, the same way. But and then the other side of it too is like you meet a lot of Montanans and. Once you move aside from the rivalry of the sport, we're friends with plenty of cat fans. Like there are a lot of good guys and girls. Like we've gotten to know a bunch through this podcasting and most all of them. I mean, hot take Nate, like 50% of the time, you know, and outside (laughs) of that, um, you know, they're they're good people too. So, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not cheering for him to win a national title. No, 
it crosses my mind that Tommy Malott is their Dave Dickinson. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, we still talk about Dave Dickinson. Yeah, we do. And I just know in 20, 30 years, if they win this national championship, they'll be talking about Tommy Malott. For sure, um, for sure, and they should. But I'm of just, course, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like living this right now, of being like, Jesus, this is their day. <laughs> this is their day. I was gonna say because if they win this one, I mean, they can win next year. They're a young team. They could. <sighs> Thanks, Aaron. Well, that's a great way to end this pod. <laughs> for the record, she is gonna go all in for the cats. Okay. Is she getting a Christmas card? No. Just kidding, I'm joking. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but she would tell you I wouldn't send a Christmas card anyway. Okay. My wife probably already sent her our Christmas card with, you know, family on it. It's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I sent you something this week, too. All right, that's our questions. Man, that seems like less questions than you were worried about. Well, the thing was is we had ten different questions of, like, the same thing. What what coaches, coaches are going away? Uh, blow it all up. And then no, we no, had no, no. ten more questions about. Tell us why the three three five sucks and how you change it. So it's I, I kind of condensed it a little bit. All right. So we've in in the process of this. I've I've stri- signed up for Streamyard. The Grizz Fan Pod has a YouTube account. Streamyard is linked to the YouTube account. So the ability to do a live stream is there. Whether we can pull it off before Christmas or it's sometime in January, I don't know that that really matters. Yeah. And. We'll just commit to doing it. And Absolutely. It'll be fun. We're not going to promise a million episodes because we clearly fail at that every year. Yes. But, uh, um, you know, hopefully you'll hear from us because it, it is fun. And I think there are times where there are things to talk about. So well, It's been a blast, guys. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but our, this pod, the, the influence and the reach and the spread has hit all-time highs this year. And so um, it's, it's, made, it's just made this season, which – not the greatest season we've had of late, but it's it's made so many more things like about this just a lot of fun. Like this is fun, talking to people when you're out there is fun, and I think it it adds a dimension of excitement around this program that it's it's just cool to be a part of. I've really enjoyed doing this. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Best compliment um, I've received on this is that when people find it and they start listening to it and they're just like, it's just like. Sitting and having beers with three dudes talking football. It's yeah. not. It's not too smart. It's not. It's just fans talking football. Yeah. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty confident. Yeah. All of you guys could sit in an empty yeah. seat and fit right in. Don't with take us. us seriously because we don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, that's a wrap for the football season. But like I said, we've got some plans. So hopefully, you hear from us. Um, we will see you at some point. And uh, go Grizz. <laughs>